Bears. Bears. Bears Country Podcast. Can somebody please tell me what the fuck just happened yesterday? I would have never thought in my entire life that the Bears would lose this badly to the Lions. Who else is with me? Am I right on this? We just lost 41 to 10 to the friggin' Lions, guys. Are we at the bottom or are we building something for the future? Did everyone give up on this game? Did they just give in or was there just too much young talent on the field? And by the way, why the hell was Justin Fields in on the final play of the offense? I would like to know, and I'm sure you guys would too. Can you let's kick this shit off? country where is it it's in your man cave your home your car your local bar city state it's across the world it's in your heart and it's here the bears country podcast That's right. I'm bringing out the super fan tonight because I want to know what the fuck just happened. 41 to 10 to the Lions. Come on, guys. This is... uh, uh, There's so many reasons to think that it's a good thing that we lost the game. Great. We we still have the possibility to get the number one pick in the draft. If not, we're going to remain at two. But, geez, to get our ass kicked like that was fucking disgraceful and it was hard to watch and and quite frankly i had other shit to do and so the only reason why i ended up actually finishing watching that game was because i came back and made the every play for justin fields on uh bears country productions you can go check that out on our channel if it wasn't for that as a normal fan watching that game it would have been hard to go back to even even for one to finish the game and for second to go back and rewatch it again (sighs) That being said, I understand that there are de- they have to put in the younger players. They have to develop them. They lost a lot of players. They traded a lot of players. What are they going to do? Give up on developing Justin and take him out of the game? There is talk about Eberflus and Poles getting together uh, this week to talk about whether or not Justin Fields should play this week. And I would love to know what you guys feel about that. And so would I love to know what you feel about that uh, nomad yourself in a moment. 
But let us know in your in the chat here. Let us know in the comments. Do you want to see Justin Fields play next week? There are so many plays, and I have examples of them that I will show all of you later. That he came within. There's one play I can't fucking believe he didn't get his knee blown out on. And it wasn't even the one that hurt his hip that caused him to not be able to run for the, you know, the rest of the first half. So it, I get that they need to develop the kid. But if you're going to develop him, uh, I think you've already gotten to the point where you know what you're getting from him. You need to get a solid offensive line around him, not, not one that's patchworked. And by the way, because of injuries in the game, they weren't, they weren't deep enough to have the next guy step up and protect the guy. And they better damn well get that shit straightened out this offseason. That's it. I'm done. Nomad, take the stage. You done? I'm done, man. All right. Take a time out. Go over there to your, to your left, to the bathroom, and insert the tampon. Just go do that. Oh, shit. You should have told me the, before the show I would have had it ready. Bleeding heavily right now, man. You got to take it easy. <laughs> no, I'm just but, giving uh, the fans what they want to hear. You know, I mean, there's a little bit of, I'm sure there's a lot of people that are pissed off and there's a lot of people that are grounded, you know? And people need to calm down, settle the fuck down, unplug your feelings from all of this. There's context to everything you saw yesterday or or Sunday, whenever it fucking happened. But yesterday. there is uh there's there's one thing this is true as far as talent goes detroit is on the other side of the fucking planet and we're on the other they're on one side of the planet and we're on the other i mean it was an absolute talent mismatch and it was as clear as day and that is to be expected the the hard part i think it is i think everybody's taking it a little bit hard is because of you know the the level of competition and uh and and there there's even a story to that but we'll get into that a little bit later on but just let's calm down man everybody gets too goddamn hyperbolic over this little i mean every time can i just pause you can i pause you for a second nomad amy and bethany mcdonald here says draft a qb fields couldn't play dead in a B Western movie, he's a dog shitter. That's a troll. Woo! That's a troll. I would like to know if that is a Bears fan. Are you a Bears fan, Amy and Bethany McDonald? I'm not. Thirty yards. I'm not even dignifying that bullshit with a response. <laughs> Get out of here, motherfucker. <laughs> uh, there is an argument to be made that there is not enough passing coming from this offense, and I get that, but. We are definitely not drafting another quarterback. I'm glad you're a diehard, Amy and Bethany McDonald. But we're not drafting another quarterback. I'm sorry. This is our quarterback. They Here's the thing. What have we been known for? Just If I say Chicago Bears, tell me what, what the first thing or the first two things that comes to mind. You're asking me? Yes. Ask me the question one more time so I can answer you better. I'm going to say, when I say the word Chicago Bears, what's the first thing that comes to mind? I'll get, it, you can come up with two things, probably. At least I can. Blue collar, tough. Uh-huh. For me, it's defense and running game. And we have never been known for a quarterback, right? And I, 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 this is kind of getting into what Amy is saying. And I'm not, I'm not 
for what Amy and Bethany McDonald is saying. I just think I'm trying to make an argument for that, which is actually not an argument for it. It's just kind of ironic that we finally have a fucking quarterback who is transcendent in this city, and he's changing the entire perspective of the way people think in this city and nationally. And and he's (laughs) we're known for defense and the running game, and now we have a quarterback who is dominating the running game. The irony of it is fucking ridiculous. It's it's quite comical, actually. And he will get around to the passing game because the kid is driven and he is talented and he is lights out when it comes to his, you know, his putting the, the, the nose to the grind. So I don't I don't discount. I mean, that's going to happen. The passing game will come. It's just fucking ironic that we finally have this awesome quarterback who everyone's talking about, but really it's because he's running the ball so well. And we're known for running the ball so well. It's just very ironic. Before before I get back into that, uh, Kitty, if you don't mind, Leo Factor has a question for me I'd like to get to later. But, uh, you know, Justin, this whole thing about Justin, everybody's just, when I say hyperbolic, it's easy to jump to a conclusion after you look at that game. That's a game you can even pay me to rewatch again. I don't, there's no fucking way I'm watching that game again. It was painful. It, it's a, it's part of, it's, it's part of, <clears throat> I'm trying to reframe my comments because I have a whole setup about why the, that game turned out looking the way it did. And why, I mean, it's a whole bunch of cons, you know, it's a bunch behind that, but I'll get into it later. But everybody needs to calm down. They're not, scripting a winning formula to win a game intentionally intentionally you think this guy would leave a game with how many fucking passing yards was it i mean i don't know how many it was but it was probably a little little bit over 100 it was Uh, 75 justin fields yeah Yeah, whatever 75 total whatever it was claypool gets one target i mean stuff like that those kind of stats tell you something and what it tells me is they aren't scripting a game to win it. They are scripting a game to just make it look good. And that's it. They're in it for the uh, draft position, and that's it. It wasn't apparent to me right away early in the season, but as the season has progressed, I could see it. I could it really see it. feels that way. Yeah, it's cleverly done, but now it's starting to be a little bit overt, and you can kind of see it out in the open. No. They'd be letting Justin throw this fucking ball all over the yard if they were really trying for a playoff spot or something like that. The script would look different, but it doesn't look different. It's because they don't give a fuck whether or not they win this game or not. It's a plan. I saw somebody in Twitter mention something like that, uh, that they came out with the opening drive and scored a touchdown and then did shit for the rest of the game. Kind of, you know, almost like it was a plan, right? Let's let's just – try to develop the talent on the team and go from, from there. And if we lose, that's great. <laughs> if it, it, it looks, it looks as though they intend, this is, this is probably up until probably game nine or 10. I think they were really competing for four yeah. quarters. They were trying but yeah. after it became clear that they weren't going to make the playoffs. It started to look like to me as though they were scripting a, a first half or a first quarter or two, however long, quarter and a half, to be very competitive and really dumb it down after that. 
really, really dumb it down. And that's, that's, ex- Go ahead. that's exactly, that's exactly what it has appeared to be. I, I think that's, you're not the only one to think that. And I agree with you. I think that a lot of people in chat here can agree with that too. They, they've been kind of, uh, just, you know, just silently losing, right? Like you, they've been giving us the moments at, and they were trying to win at that time. But like you said, when it got to a certain point and they realized this is over, they were, they were just, they were, they were given a little flash in the pans to give the fans happy. Right. And then just trying to develop and work on plays and maybe some of the plays that didn't work so much in practice. Right. Let's put that in the game. See if it works. Maybe it's, maybe it's different in the game. Oh, fuck. That didn't work. So it's kind of been the, this learning process in, along the way too. That's, you know, hopefully building towards next year in a, in a positive way because it sucks to lose out this many games. You know, normally, I shouldn't say normally, but you would like to have a couple of wins at the end of the season moving into next season just to build on that, and we're not getting any of that. It's, a, it's getting worse and worse, and this fucking blowout was ridiculous to watch, was painful to watch. And anyone who is, who is sickened by it, I get it. It, it, if you didn't watch the whole game like I didn't, I can't blame you. It's it's hard to sit there and watch your the only hope that you have on this team getting hammered. Hammered. What's what's worse about it all to me is the regression of the narrative. Now it's back to okay, is Justin really the guy, or did we make the right uh, move with Claypool? He hasn't shown me anything. Well, of course he hasn't shown you any fucking thing. He hasn't getting the ball thrown to him. The fuck do you mean? He, the hell are you talking about? Talking about we wasted a, a, a draft pick. No, you haven't seen anything. The fuck are you talking about? <laughs> and Justin Fields said it himself. We'll, we'll see that in a moment. Where, you know, he he was like he came in to the, onto the team, you know, halfway through the season. He's not going to learn it right now. He said, "We're I'm looking forward to the offseason, spending time with him. We're going to work on this together. I like what Ello says. Bears are averaging more points per game in the season than they did last year and more than 2019. That's 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 true. <laughs> yesterday didn't help that stat, although, but it goes to show that if they are, after yesterday, it, it's, it says something. So um, Claypool and Fields are going to take this offseason, and Mooney, I, I'm, I imagine, and they're all going to work together and they're going to become a better unit by the time this team takes the field next year. I, I guarantee that. If they add another receiver to the mix via the draft, that'll be exciting. By the way, Vellis Jones is starting to play better. And it's nice to see that the investment that they made in him is starting to slowly pay off. You know, we all said not to shit on him, and we haven't. And so it's nice to see that he had, he's, he's getting better. Uh, just as a side note, he had a better game yesterday. He had um, that nice uh, kickoff return. He was in a lot of plays. He had a nice end around. So that's good to see. Now think about this. And I'm talking to you and I'm talking to everybody in the chat. Anybody, just, you just stop with the uh, feelings for a second and think about this rationally. If the Bears were truly constructively designing a game plan to win games. Forget what you think about Bayless Jones. He's one of the top fastest, 
top three fastest motherfuckers in the league, and you can't teach that. Would they be? Would they not be scripting at least two to three deep plays for him or not? You saw that Again. on that kickoff return, like the kickoff return that he had that he just took it like five yards deep and went all the way across the other side of the field. He wasn't even in full speed. He was. He was. He kept. He was hauling ass, and he was about to hit full speed, and then he had to slow down and wait for somebody else, and he had to, like, try to build back to full speed again and then and eventually get tackled. But to see that guy actually burn it out is going to be exciting in the future when he does. When they decide that they want to script a game plan involving him and not just to make it look colorful for a competition standpoint and make it look like they're trying to win, you're going to see a whole lot more Valus Jones fucking everywhere on that field when they're trying to win football games they are not trying to win football games so you won't see two three four deep shots towards him because he's going to get at least one of them eventually if you throw that motherfucker to him enough times but they're not trying to win right now and everybody's crying about it like get over that shit they're getting shit together for this offseason they are going to win in the offseason this season right now forget about it these guys have packed it up it's time to see some young guys on that roster or some guys that they're working on on the side trying to, you know, build their skill set like your Samus Reyes or your uh, Terrell Lewis, who they just picked up recently. Mm-hmm. Those are the guys you want to look for. Forget the wins and losses. Man, I can't believe people are still wrapped up into that. I'm, I know it looked bad, but Jesus Christ, man. Jeez, we're, all, we're all the way back at the point where they're talking about Justin might not be the guy or we uh, wasted a draft pick on. Chase Claypool, man, if you guys don't shut the fuck up, Jesus. Mm-hmm. You know, I um, I forgot what I was going to say, so I'm just going to pull up this video here. Uh, I kind of want to pull up the um, the Justin Fields interview after the game and just kind of talk about it per question, and because I love the responses that he had. This is Amy and Bethany McDonald. This is the reason why you need to. Tank your idea of us drafting a quarterback again next year. You want to start all over again for real? Listen, this is a leader that we are going to be relying on in the future, a lot less more for his legs and a lot more for his arm. And just let, let's, let's, let's kind of talk about this after. So this is going to be playing Nomad, the, inter, the interview, and we can talk about it and I can pause it and we can kind of go over you know the points as, as they go along, right? So let's just kind of do that. Let me pull it in here. See, this is where it's hard to hear the the people asking the questions, but he said, what was your desire to stay in the game? And this is what I, I love his response to this. this these are important responses to these questions that he's being asked and just the way that he's just his mannerisms you can tell that the kid is gonna just be nothing but focused after this shitty season this is gonna do nothing but make him better oh i have no sound oh there's no sound kitty's coming in here saying there's no sound can you not hear that i, I didn't hear anything well that freaking sucks Let's see. Where am I? Uh... You couldn't hear that, huh? No. 
Let's try it again. Still. You can't hear that? No. Well, what the fuck happened there? Chat doesn't hear it either. That's weird. Anyway, his response is that he wants to keep playing. And no matter what the circumstances are, whoever's in the game, it's not muted or anything. That's weird. I can hear it. Anyway. I mean, I, I could I could color this up because no, no. Yeah, worries. you get you understand what I'm saying. He, he's saying that he wants to remain in the game because he wants to, to to continue to develop himself and develop with the players who are on his team. The key to so, what what he I think somewhere in the neighborhood of what are you getting out of playing at this point? Well, you know, have you considered you know sitting down for the sake of preparing yourself for next year was kind of I think the premise of the question, right? Mm -hmm. And what he said was the most honorable thing that a quarterback could say in 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 terms of being a teammate. You know, if you're a teammate of his, think about this. If you're in a locker room and those talks are being had in the locker room, hey, man, they might start sitting some guys. They might or they might just sit Justin. You know, how does Justin feel about that? How does that sit with him knowing that his guys are fighting their ass off for him? Mm -hmm. Why won't I go out there and fight for them back? Right. That's why exactly. He's a competitor and he's a, mm -hmm. and he's a leader. And that's why you're going to that dude is going to be. He's going to be that guy. And so you as a, as a, a coach and as a GM have to say, okay, we got to sit down and really think about this because not, 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 we really don't want worst case scenario to happen just because he's that competitive and he wants to fight for his teammates. It's the most noble one. It's the no, most noble thing that you can hear out of your leader. He just said it up at the podium. I'm fighting for my dudes because I know, they're going to fight for me. That's the shit you want to hear. Exactly. And what is that going to happen? Or what is that going to do for next year? I mean, this guy is, he's clearly the entire team on offense. And, and everyone just backing him and pulling behind him, uh, moving forward with these kind of comments and just, you know, his, his maturism and his, his leadership Moving into next year, he is the man. Everyone's going to be looking for him for the answers. It's going to be fucking fun to watch. I'm so upset that I don't have that. That doesn't have sound. Don't worry about it. I mean, the premise of his, the premise of his comments were was to make sure that hey, I know you guys. Are, everybody's got their own opinion about what they think should be happening right now at this point in the season, seeing that it's a lost cause. But I'm going to come here up here on this podium, explain to you what's really going on behind the scenes. My dudes are fighting. They're putting it all on the line and they ain't holding nothing back. I'm going to go fight for them. And that's when you're talking about the framework of a team and establishing a culture and leadership, the kind of stuff that is going to carry weight come next year and the year after that and the year after that, when your leader, when your 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 Don Dada is the dude setting the standard. Everybody fucking falls in line after that. Yes, it's a fucking chance that he can get hurt. Absolutely. Nobody wants to see that. Not, not, not. But the but the point and the principle behind what they're trying to do, I think, is it's one of the reasons why I'm 100% confident this is going to be a knockout-ass team pretty soon here.
you are correct. I agree with you. I mean, it looks like we need more help on the offensive line going into this offseason. I'm a little bit worried about Tevin Jenkins in that neck thing. Um, is it a stinger or is it something that could be a little bit, long, little bit more long-term? That's something to worry about. Uh, Schofield, ironically, on the on the injury that Schofield had is where Borum got bull rushed onto his ass, and I, I, I was worried that Justin Fields was going to have his knee or ankle destroyed, and it ended up being Schofield on that play who ankle destroyed. So um, there's going to – not saying to replace Braxton Jones, but I'm saying there is going to be uh, a great need for an offensive line influx this year, whether it's in free agency or, you know, and in the draft. I think there's, you know, there's a lot of people that think this offensive line is is really good, and they've just had, you know, some errors here and there. And there's a lot of people that think this offensive line is atrocious. And then there's numbers that back up both. So I that's going to be interesting to see what they do. Like once we get into the offseason, what are we going to be the what are we going to be the priorities? Offensive line, defensive line, wide receiver. I know it's kind of an off subject, but something to think about as we like, you know, start moving towards the end of the season and in, into the offseason and the draft and free agency. Yeah, before I touch, I got a couple of thoughts about the offensive line, but Don Berg, yeah, man, y'all totally dominated. Y'all told you y'all were way more talented than us. I didn't, I, it's hard for me to sit here and, and look at this game and not give the, uh, the, the Detroit Lions their, their just due. They're much more talented team than we are, much more. I mean, the, the level of talent. It's, mm -hmm. it's like they have uh, A and B talent, and we're dealing with a lot of C and D. Mm -hmm. That's apparent. It just was pretty clear. We're a tough team with a team that really tries to compete. But at this part of the season, you know, that's going to be part of my conversation in just a few minutes. But, yeah, it's just – it was just a talent thing, man. It was a talent deficiency like a motherfucker out there. But <laughs> All over the board. You could see it. As yeah. the game was going on, you're like, man, they are just uh, – yeah, thank you, Although They are just trying to see what they have on this team. You know, let's put the guys out there and see what they can do. I am hold on. I am I am concerned about our offensive line and Tevin Jenkins in particular. Um and I don't I don't think it's it may not be as bad as it, it appears it is. Like he's had consecutive neck injuries and things like that. Because I know like when you're hurt in a certain area of your body, you tend to overcompensate and spend almost too much time trying to get that together. And you miss out on other parts of your your body developing it strength wise. Let's just mm -hmm. say, like you hurt one of your one of your legs, and you're in the rehab process, and you're trying to get that leg strong again. And sometimes you kind of overlook your other leg, and next thing you know, you got one leg's bigger than the other and shit, looking all weird. But uh, yeah, that kind of shit happens. But there's a, uh, <laughs> it's funny unless you've been in a uh, uh, at least. A college locker room you wouldn't know what this uh piece of machinery looks like there's a uh a machine where you can strengthen your neck it's like a it's basically like a like a like if you went to a a, a set that you can kind of curl but not a free curl bar but it's a it's a machine you just put your weight 
on what you wanted on. You grab the little bar and you just lift the stack and all right. that kind of shit. There's yeah. a, a there's a, a piece of equipment where there's a, a brace that you can kind of put on your head. You kind of lock your head into it and you lift weights with your neck. I think he's just missing that part of his game. I mean, that part of his strength and conditioning, strengthening his neck up for the collision. Hmm. And so, I mean, I think in the offseason, I think he'll notice that. And uh, it's probably whoever's rehabilitating his neck will probably point that out to him. You just got to strengthen your neck up, neck up a little bit. Huh. And hopefully it's no more than that. That's a very interesting uh... – I never even thought about that. So something like that that can strengthen your neck. Oh yeah, they got yeah. everything in a weight room, especially once you get to a college level. Every part of your body, you got a there's a station there uh, with the with the plan to address it and get it stronger. Ellis says a key thing that that can help the Bears' offensive line is Justin Fields getting the ball out faster. He said it in the press conference yesterday. He's no he knows he's not helping his line. That's true, Aldo. That is oh, one no. thing that he needs to continue to work on. It's getting the fucking ball out quicker, man. Although he 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 needs he's gonna have to retrain his mind. Justin is deep ball greedy, and what I mean by that is he's more interested in the big play that can develop down the field than he is the uh, easy play right in front of him. That's deep ball greed, and any aggressive uh, personality type. Uh, or dominating personality type is going to look for the big splash play. He's going to have to train himself in the off season to take what's being provided in front of him. He's just deep ball green and he's got to change that way of thinking for the most part. Yeah, I think that's a good uh, way to look at it because he is always looking for that deep ball. You see him even through his progressions, he's looking deep and then it, he, he rarely takes the detect the check down because by then he's already looking for a way to run, right? And they need to to work that out of him because he cannot go into next season, you know, being the leading rusher. <laughs> or you can't finish next next season, I should say, as the leading rusher of this team. This is ridiculous. <laughs> he's, you know he's, what? This has as many rushing yards. I tell you, a more I know it's pretty much only one game, but there's a a pretty consistent through line with Braxton Jones. Braxton Jones is very, very consistent. But what is also very consistent is his uh, lack of ability to anchor down in a bull rush. That's, that's, a, that's one of those things where I've never seen a player turn that, that kind of strength around and develop that kind of power in one off season i've never seen it at any position not to say that it can't be done you know they have very good specialists out here very good strength and conditioning coaches out here that it may very well be true that he can turn it around in one off season but if he can't i think they need to look in the uh, free agency like okay we're just gonna we'll get uh, a one guy at left tackle just in case he doesn't get it all the way turned around in the season and we're not left high and dry depending on Braxton Jones being able to anchor in a bull rush. Sometimes hmm. it takes two or three years for that strength to develop. And so in the meantime, I believe they should go out and sign an A1 left tackle to at least have somebody there to secure that position. Why not, uh, why not bring back uh, Jason Peterson or P Jason Peters? 
No, sir. Andre Dillard, Philadelphia, brother. <laughs> Andre Dillard, yes, you did bring up that name before. We I looked at some tape of him. He's, he's he looks pretty good. He's a real deal. The, I'm not the, sure if the, I like those lights behind me. Let's see. The reality is uh Philadelphia has two starting left tackles, and they don't need one. That's just the reality of it. Yeah, their offensive and defensive line. Is Philadelphia gonna what do you think about that? Who, who what what do you think? What is your Super Bowl predictions, just as a side note? Uh, you know what? Goddamn Brock Purdy. If he can if he can manage that shit, I like I like their chances out in San Fran against uh against uh Mahomes. The first rookie ever to get and to a Super Bowl? If he can, if he can keep, all he has to do is keep the ship from capsizing. <laughs> you know, right. he doesn't have to do anything special. Just, just right. steer the course, man. Don't turn right. the fucking ball over. Don't make no mistakes. And dude, he—that's no more or less than what Trent Dilfer did for the, uh, for the Baltimore Ravens when they won that Super Bowl. It's just that defense is that ferocious, and they can—they pretty much can carry the team. Aldo saying, looks like Braxton Jones might move to right tackle. Whoa, that'd be a... Where's Aldo getting that shit from? I don't know. Aldo, I... sit your ass down. What are you, you just making up shit? <laughs> Want to join us, Aldo? We can send you a link. <laughs> I'd like to hear about. what the hell you mean by that. <laughs> he just pulled that right out of his ass. Was it a tweet, he says? <laughs> he says insider information. <laughs> <laughs> Who the fuck is inside? Dan Weirder. Dan Dan Weirder. Yeah, that's his inside guy now, right? <laughs> you got you got Dan Weirder on a in on speed dial now, Aldo. <laughs> no, but seriously, man. This is this is what I this is this is the context that I kind of was saving. But I'm gonna go ahead since it's 30 minutes into the show. I'm gonna go ahead and lay this out to guys. And this is just because I know a bunch of people got friends that have played some guys are coaching i know scouts i know i don't know any agents but i know people who have regular conversations with them and i'm gonna tell you guys what happens this time of year it's not that they don't because what happened was some guys laid it down out there against detroit they just laid down and at this part of the season as much i know they don't disrespect Iberflus. I know everybody on that team respects Iberflus. I've been proven that to be true too many times this year. Anybody that steps to that podium, I can tell respects that guy. And they're not laying down to making him look bad. They're saving their bodies, which is the name of this show. They're saving their bodies because in the end of the day, guys, this is a goddamn business. And you know what the, uh, when you're a businessman and you play the game of football, you know what your number one asset is when you play the game of football? Your fucking body. Yep. And you have to protect it because you know what's going on right now? It's a bunch of guys that know for a fact they won't be in this locker room next year. Mm-hmm. They're going to be in somebody else's locker room. Right. And what they need to be is somebody that's willing to, if once the uh, agent gets the call and they get called into a place and people ask them, and the GM asks them, hey, what's this on tape? Hey, you can explain that, hey, you know what? I was dogging it a little bit because I knew I wasn't going to be there. And I need to take care of my body. Or you can take care of your body and be fucking healthy 
going into a free agency and you don't have to answer that question. You'll get mm-hmm. a goddamn job in the spring. Mm-hmm. And that's you know what about the NFL, man. When you get to the this point of the season when you're totally out of it and you're getting your ass blown out, you're protecting your body, man. Period. Period. Yeah. Uh, we have to take a moment here because, Kitty, I gave you the option here to let me know when I'm fucking up. So just give me the Kitty Explodes. <laughs> Kitty, I think it's about time, though, because I did tell her 30 minutes in. Let's go ahead and run the, just for everyone that doesn't know, Chris Watts from the Yorkshire, England. I started to go fund me for him to bring him here for a Bears game. So, Kitty, let's roll that shit. Doggone it, I am I'm going to get Chris Watts here. We have got to get Chris Watts here, guys. He's from England. He's from Yorkshire, England. He's never been to the United States. He's a huge Bears fan. He's on the Barfly Tailgate show. He was on yesterday before the game. He's awesome. It, listen, $2, a donation just to get Chris here. Any little bit counts. And uh, I, I hate to like sit here and beg, but God, it'd be great to – to see Chris Watts come to the United States. Aldo's already given him his uh, his home to stay in, so we don't really need to raise the amount that we I set the bar for. We just need to get him here and uh, get him to the game, so that would be awesome. I just want to thank everyone who has donated and anyone who does in the future. That would be amazing, so thank you very much. Let's go ahead and continue on. Okay. Um, I think where I was at was we were talking about um, – and by the way, man, Chris – you need to uh, you need to up your pipe laying game, man. Because if you were doing that the right way, you wouldn't need no money, motherfucker. That's all I can say about that. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, hey, man, no. he's in England. Who knows what how how to make money over there? You know, I mean, hey, th- man. this this wasn't even his. This has nothing to do with Chris. I did this all of my out of the kindness of my own heart to try to get him here without him even knowing. So uh, he's very humbled by it. Hey, pipe laying is pretty universal. If it's good, it's good. <laughs> he's got the hair, man. Just call him and pick <laughs> yourself out. Got to fix the rest of that. No, but <laughs> this, this, this stuff, man, you guys, you know what's going on a lot for a lot of these players. They're, 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 they've tuned out mentally. They're, they're worrying about, okay, do I have enough time on my lease to go through the free agency process and not have to move my shit to storage. Right. You know, whatever the, the, the agent is telling him, he's lining up places that could be good landing spots for at right. least a practice squad. I mean, there's all kinds of shit that's going on. Your exit interviews and, you know, making a good impression on your coaches on the way out the door. There's a lot of, lot of things going on behind the scenes. What's, what's all those <laughs> Chris brings plenty of those Yorkshire chicks with Cockney accents. (laughs) (laughs) 
Although I sent you a link to your email, so if you want to join us, please do. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, uh, but it's it's more Michael. to the picture than it's more to this picture than we just got our ass kicked and we're sorry right. as team. It's a lot more to it. Right, right. I mean, there is you you know, you, people are playing for their futures. And like you said, nobody wants to go packing all their shit up and go move into a different city. They want to remain in the city that they're in, no matter what player you are. It's a lot of work moving, man. I've done it a few times in my life. I don't want to do it again, but I'm going to have to. I know. So, yeah, fuck that. So anyone that's, you know, they're, what we're looking at here in this last game is just people playing for their right to remain on the team next year. It's pretty much that's that's it. I mean, there's there's a whole bunch of guys in there. I ain't gonna say a whole bunch, but there's a handful of guys in there that know they'll be a part of this roster next year, and they <clears throat> they they feel pretty safe in that. Um, but on that defensive front, there ain't too many guys there that feel pretty secure in their jobs. There's a few, maybe a a few offensive linemen that feel they have some staying power. There's Justin, there's, uh, there's Claypool and there's Mooney and Valus and the rookies. But uh, after that, you got a whole bunch of guys that can, can stay or be gone at any given fucking time. You know, <laughs> yep. it's just the reality of it. Dude, it's brutal, man. Could you imagine being one of those fringe guys? You're making what five hundred thousand dollars a year if you can stick on a team, and you manage to like stick on the practice squad for even what I think less than that, and then yeah, you yeah. get cut. So you yeah, get like yeah, a two-year window to make a couple hundred grand a year, and then you're done. And then you you could at least like use that for the fu- like a future endeavor or something, as long as you got a good college education, you know. Man, man I have I had a. Uh... A, a, a teammate from college who was a journeyman um, long snapper until he landed with the Philadelphia Eagles at some point and he pretty much finished out seven to nine years of his career but the first few of them he was just he was just wherever man he said I couldn't get comfortable anywhere man any fucking where he said you pack light and you're just ready for that call at any given time or you go up to a door with your key and it doesn't work or your code doesn't work and you just ready for that at all times and you're constantly right. fighting for shit every fucking day and that's a lot of these guys in that locker room that's their mentality in the in, at the end of the day if you can't make it to free agency healthy how can you support yourself right that's the key you you people are mad because guys laid down in that game against detroit and they laid down but i understand why and i'm trying to explain this to people here in this show so they understand why they saw what they saw and have respect for this is their business man their bodies Mm -hmm. are their business and they need to take care of it Mm -hmm. they were playing a little um protective of their own bodies as well as trying to play for the future of themselves what hopefully on the same team you know because they don't want to move again god it's gonna be awful and yeah, I mean this 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 has that's another that's where we're gonna see this whole same shit all over again in this last game. And the Vikings are now what playing for the do they 
Wait, they lost to the Packers. So are they? Uh, do they have four losses now? I forgot what their what are their standings? What are the standings here? So are the what I'm what I'm trying to get at here? Are the Vikings going to sit the most of their starters next week, or are they are they playing for something? That's the question. It's hard to know. I don't, I don't know what the fuck they're doing. They are they are clinched for a playoff spot. I do believe. Yeah, but are they playing for the number one seed? Is the question. Oh yeah, I, I don't know. So this, let's go to the standings here. So somebody saying man for home field, yeah. I can pull this up here. Joe, you know that for sure, or are you just or are you just assuming that? Okay, so so the Eagles are at thirteen and three. Uh, the Vikings are at twelve and four. So what are their conference? Seven and four, eight and three. Oh shit! Who did the Eagles play last? That's the next question to this. Because if the if the if if the Vikings can beat the the Bears and go eight and four in the conference, and if the if the Eagles' next game is a conference game and they lose that, then what are they at there? Then their divisions are the same. They're away. I don't know what that comes down to, but shit, are they going to be play? If the question is, are they going to be playing all their starters? in that game i believe joe knows he knows what he's talking about he got it from espn it's a good source that they're playing mm-hmm. for a, a home field right now and yeah in that case then you know they're going to come out with their balls on fire and they're going to be playing and you know this, mm-hmm. this they have something to play for in the last games which you can't say that for every team in the league but they actually do so they're going to be playing lights out I like what Leo Factor says. Davis Mills is in no position as a player to lose a game. He will go out to win. God, I hope so. Because if we lose that game and they win that game, it's first pick, baby. I mean, the only the only thing that would suck about getting the first pick is that we would have traded away the basically the final pick in the first round because of the Miami Dolphins forfeit of their pick. Essentially trading away the final pick in the first round. We would have had two picks in the first round. So that we traded away for Claypool. And if we end up getting a high enough pick to where we trade it and get two picks in this first round of, the, of this next draft, they could have technically had three, if not for the Claypool pick. That kind of brings into question whether or not you think it was worth it, you know, the Claypool I, trade. I absolutely know it's worth it to get Claypool when they got him. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, you know, the first and second pick, usually the first pick, really determines what happens for the rest of the next 25 or 30 guys that get uh, taken off the board that first pick usually but sometimes it matters in that first and second pick and so either way i believe we're in an advantageous spot wherever we land at and um the thing is about the about the draft and you know i i just wish everybody would broaden their spectrums as far as you know guys that we could draft outside of fucking will anderson and Jalen. <laughs> damn man if i hear those two motherfuckers name one more goddamn time i'm gonna run the fuck out of here and jump into a goddamn ocean God, I'm, tired of it. I'm so sick of it man like god damn, man. Like a million motherfuckers in this draft man like I got a homework assignment for you guys. You want to know? You want to see a quality three tech potential? Just ask me, man. I can give you some names. 
but stop saying those fucking names. <laughs> I was watching uh, the guy on uh, on the Illini today in the Cotton Bowl. What, what is his name? Uh, J- I know J- what you're talking about. Jazan or Zajan or something? Newton? Yeah. They've got, they've got a couple uh, three. John prospects. Newton? Yeah. 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 There is, you're right. There is a lot of other prospects in this trap besides those two fucking guys. Right. And if and if you watched the the championship game, you saw Carter taking off a lot of plays, man. man Carter's out of shape, plays. man. Yeah. So he's out of shape. That's he's not a that's slam problem. dunk. Right. Right. Oh boy, that, that was funny. <laughs> Breaking line just scored again. <laughs> hey, hey, on on some on a on a serious tip, I'm talking to Cliff and all those guys in this chat that like to do their homework and like to do a little scouting on the side. You want a three tech prospect? Some of you guys may have heard this name. Some of you guys have no idea who I'm talking about. But if you go on an interesting three tech prospect that is uh he is really interesting for a lot of different reasons because he's a former wrestler. And he's extremely violent with his hands. His name is Keanu Benton from the University of Wisconsin. About six foot four, six foot five, about three, three oh five, somewhere in the neighborhood. If you look at him on tape, you're gonna think nose tackle. But this guy is very athletic, very violent with his hands, and it's gonna be a good pick. And I think he's one of those guys if if we don't land a you know, the Jalen Carters of the world or somebody like that. There's guys that you can fall back on that that can give you the same kind of production. Mm-hmm. I'm shocked that we actually have Ian Rappaport here tonight in chat. This is amazing. Thank you for hold joining on. us, Ian Rappaport. Hold on, hold on. Can I ask Kitty to write the name Keanu Benton? B-E-N-T-O-N. Just write that in the chat for me. Just so like we can we can start doing that once a week. I can give these guys a a name or two to go check out on their own, you know, just to give them a little variety of guys to look at. Keanu Benton. Yeah. Okay, I wrote it down. D tackle Wisconsin. I'm surprised you don't know who he is, Cliff. You're up on that shit. He's not going to be on everybody's radar, but if you go snooping around and looking around at enough prospects, you you'll start seeing some guys. Mm-hmm. For damn sure. I, that's why I, I just don't get into that until the season's over. I don't pay any attention to college football uh, during the NFL season because I'm just too – I'm just too much of a Bears fan. I just can't pay attention to anything else. I don't have the fucking attention span. Yeah. So I, I, I put it all into the Bears, and uh, when, the, when the season is over, then I start really diving in and looking into all these – amazing youtube content creators and put out all this amazing shit on youtube i shouldn't say shit amazing content of players and you know kudos to everyone out there you know who you are the bombs productions like that's my favorite one by the way i didn't get a, a, a copyright strike for that if i did i think he's okay with it so um that one night that i played his video Things like that. You go to those and you just I just absorb all that once once the season's over and I get you know balls deep in it then. Right now I'm too focused on A, the season, and B, a podcast, and you know, C, trying to make my wife not cut off my dick for having this podcast <laughs> in my sleep, you know. You know so 
Yeah. When, when, when I'll get there. I'll get there. I promise you guys. You know, there, there are so many, we got so many fans and so many people. It's probably people in this chat right now that they get, I guess, uh, sometimes it, if you can't constantly get bombarded with certain names and these people, and then they, and we don't land those guys and we don't pick those guys for some reason, people are absolutely crushed. Crushed. Like, why didn't we do, like, guy. They didn't pick <laughs> that guy. <laughs> and it goes on and on and on, man. And it's just, it's so I want to be, I want to prove I was the one that was right. Somebody asked me, what guy. do I think? What do I think about Tyler Davis, Toa Hong? Tyler Davis, oh, refresh my mind. What what position does he play, and where does he go to school? Tyler Davis. Name sounds familiar, but I'm not. I'm gonna right guess now. a quarterback for TCU. I don't know. I don't know who no, the fuck he is. <laughs> no. uh -uh. This is going to be the longest offseason hypotheticals, Joe Treviso says. <laughs> it sure is, buddy. I, I mean, I know scouting ain't really your sure thing. Sure, we're going to have fun doing it. Scouting ain't really your thing, but that's kind of that's kind of something that I, that I enjoy doing because this is so many good football players. He's he's an American football tight end for Green Bay, the Green Bay Packers. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! So, Wait, what, did say, what, what did Elder say? What did Elder say? your dick? Or could we? Up for <laughs> 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 oh my god! All those high as fuck, man. Oh man, it's gonna be too. It's, it'll be too heavy to ship. <laughs> <laughs> How's that for a comeback, Aldo? So Why don't you join us, man? Go get some scotch in you and join us. What are you doing? <laughs> Slick, slick sophistication, man. I know all about Jervon Dexter. I'm gonna try to get these guys up on him soon. Mm -hmm. We're gonna do some stuff in the offseason, man, to get some of these guys up front and in people's you know sphere so people can see other guys that are right. really talented and they need some consideration too. Right. Yeah, because there's gonna be a deep dive in all the players, and we're gonna be you know stacking up on the boards that we, we're gonna wanna. You know, we're going to be talking about looking for the next guy, maybe even undrafted free agents, you know, things like that. So it's going to be a lot of fun. This offseason is going to be so much fun. It's going to be so much fun. We, uh, Aside from um, one person in chat who doesn't think we have the quarterback, we have the quarterback. And now it's just about building that, you know, the foundation for that, including the foundation that we've built with this new coaching regime. You know something other than being pissed off about the game and and Jaquan Brisker's tackling. Jaquan Brisker really pissed me off in that game. He yeah, he was not pursuing with the right angles and he was not tackling the way I know he can. But that aside, you know what's more interesting, guys, than anything else going on at the end of this season, going into the offseason, what's more interesting to me, and it should be to you, and I'm gonna tell you why, is the situation brewing in indianapolis why is because we have so many guys there that Iberflus has so many connections to namely deforest buckner but a lot of other guys surrounding that defensive football that are potential guys that could be chicago bears soon like if we got deforest buckner somehow 
And it's very possible because he has no more guaranteed money on his contract. And that's what these guys play for. He could very well say to the, to the team, if they don't come to him and say, all right, let's reschedule. I mean, let's resituate your contract to give you more guaranteed money. He could say, okay, yeah, you can try, you can do that, man, but I'd rather just go on somewhere else. You right. know, just get, it's very possible that we can we can land the Forrest Buckner some way, somehow. If we do that, you're talking about the platform for changing this defensive, the scope of this defense starts right there. He's the guy. And if we do that, if we get him before we go into the draft, we're in the draft now at a position of strength. We don't really have to be desperate as, as far as where we go. We have to have this three-tech. We don't need that three tech right now. It'd be nice if we got one, but we don't how, need it. How do you land DeForest Buckner? Either in a trade or he asked for his release. This team is getting ready to be, I think, going to be in a rebuild. I think they're going to bring new a new regime in. I'm not sure that I'm, – I'm pretty sure Saturday is not going to be there, but I'm not 100% certain that Ballard's going to be kept on. And if he's he does, that, no, I think he's going to be kept on with the, with the. Uh, he's going to have to understand that we're going to have to rebuild this team. We're going to have to probably get rid of some heavy contracts, and give this coach a chance to bring in some of the guys that he wants. That's the heavy right. contract. That's the Forrest Buckner. Ballard has said on, um, well, according to uh, Greg Gabriel, I think, on, uh, Greg Gabriel and Eldo, that uh, he is. He's he's been resigned to a contract like recently, so he's he's signed Ballard is signed through like twenty twenty eight or something like that, twenty twenty six or something. And people, guys, a co a coach or a general manager does not have quite the same stipulations on him as a as a football player does. They could just look at look at uh, what's his name, the coach that just got fired out of there, Frank Wright. He's collecting 36 million in the next couple of years. They just decided that it's better for us to cut bait with him and pay him what we owe him than to keep going in the direction that he's taking us. They could feel the same way about Ballard and decide they want to just pay him out. You know, we're going to go with another guy. Let's just say they want to bring in Harbaugh or something like that. And Harbaugh is not in the same, on the same page with Ballard. If they're determined to bring Harbaugh in, and he doesn't want Ballard as his free, I mean, as his general manager, they will do the same goddamn thing. Cut cut bait with him, pay him his money on the side. So mm -hmm. nobody has a safe job in regards to that. Nobody. Cliff says, how about uh, Leighton Vander Esch? He'd be a nice addition to the linebacker group. Ah, I don't know. Uh, I think he's got too many injury issues for me. Yeah, I think I want to stick with uh, the rookie that we have there. Uh, I, like. I, I have in my head is Schofield, but you know, oh, Sanborn. Sanborn, yeah. I think, is a lock for the middle linebacker position in the future. I would say everybody jumps to that conclusion, man. That's not a foregone conclusion. Sanborn is a good linebacker and could be a lock at the linebacker spot, but not particularly the middle linebacker. He could be a lock for our next Sam linebacker, and we can go in free agency and grab a guy like uh, Tremaine Edmonds from. Buffalo and Scott signed him and he's dominant and he can do more than uh, Jack Sanborn can do. Jack Sanborn's a damn good linebacker. Bobby Okarike, J-Rock is saying in the chat, 
there's a lot of other guys, man. There's a lot of other guys. Sanborn is a lot to be on this team and to play linebacker. Does he need to be the starting middle linebacker? That I'm not sure about. I think they can have an upgrade at that spot. Probably someone with a little more quickness, right? A little more speed. Length and coverage ability. Mm-hmm. I think yeah, that's the coverage ability. Yeah. How many times have you heard this this coach tell you, time and time again, they want a long, fast team? Mm-hmm. Sanborn is neither, but that doesn't mean he's not a hell of a player. I think he makes a hell of a Sam linebacker, and I think they can get longer and faster at the Mike linebacker spot and at the Will linebacker spots, and I think they will do that. I'm 100% certain they will. I have a friend who is screaming for the Bears to fire Eberflus and ditch the 4-3 scheme and go out. He says that Sean Payton already has his entire staff already ready to go, and it would just take maybe offer the Saints a second-round pick. I know just, I'm just saying what my buddy said. Offer the Saints our second-round pick for uh, Sean Payton and then just kill this staff and start over again. I, I laughed at it, but I, you know, it's just something I wanted to bring up because of the uh, way the fans think. <laughs> Everyone has their own opinion. You know what I mean? To tell your boy, tell your boy his dope. It got it got rat piss on it. Something's wrong. <laughs> tell him what's wrong with that motherfucker. I know he's, he's buying it from Illinois dispensaries. I hope it doesn't have red. He, he got some bad dope, man. They fucking him over. Man. <laughs> got his mind all fucked up. But yeah, well, that, he, that... He, he he's sick of the uh, you know the the hits principle, the whatever you whatever you call that the it's acronym. He's... he's sick of the acronym kind of thing. He thinks that people that the, that they're adults. They need to be trained as adults, not as child you know children. Because he doesn't know how that translates in a locker room while you're building the culture. That's why he, he's like, oh, yeah, that shit sounds stupid. And after a while, guys are going to be like, I don't want to hear that shit. No, no, nope. That guy, that, that shit works when you have your leaders. If you don't have your leaders and the coaches backing them up, and I'm talking about the position coaches in every room, when you have your leaders and your coaches backing them up, and insisting that this is our this is our culture, this is our standard. That goes a long way for the guys that are there and the guys that are coming. It's not going to get old. Mm-hmm. It's not going to get old just because you are tired it's of going, hearing about it. It's going and to go away. You doesn't mean this shit ain't working for them. It's going to go away eventually because it's it's only the first year of this. They're talking about the acronym like an exhaustion. But by the time we get into, into the second and the third year, we're not going to even hear about that anymore. It's going to already be established, and it's going to be the norm, and they will stop talking about it. Look who has joined us. Mr. Aldo Gandia is, has graced us with his presence tonight. Aldo, how are you doing, buddy? Thanks for joining us, man. I'm doing great. You guys uh, gave me an excuse to have a drink, so I'm having a drink and a uh, little puff of my uh, dog walker. Man, you don't have to drink anything. <laughs> I have. <laughs> I've licked a lot of asses in my day. <laughs> when you go, when you go down on a chick, do you go do you go in that area and you let the tongue get into the anus area, or you just of bypass? course? Okay, oh good. my god! 
You know how many Good times Kitty has said to me, you know how many times you've licked my ass? I'm like, yeah, that's true. <laughs> like, she'd be like, hand me a spoon with something. She, she'd be like, you know, oh, this is great ice oh. cream. Oh, man, she'd be like, try it, but I'd be like, oh, I need a new spoon. She'd be like, how many times you've licked my ass? <laughs> yeah, you're right. That's great. Man. What's going on? I, I now have this great visual image, no man, of uh, you know, for my next masturbation session. Session. <laughs> <laughs> He's booning it. Oh God. Yeah. By, by the way, by the way, Aldo, happy anniversary, 15th happy. anniversary to you and your lovely wife, and I hope you got to lick some ass at the end of that evening. <laughs> well, in my household, I kiss a lot of ass every day from my wife. <laughs> Honey, please let me go to Vegas for this for the East West Shrine Bowl game. I kissed it enough that she granted me permission. So, uh, all good. Man, I wish I could play a part of that content coming out of that 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 Shrine Bowl. Man, I wanna, I wanna, I wanna know everything I can find out about some of these guys. So, in other words, before you guys, if you could just shoot me some names that you're sure. seeing on the field in real time, like, hey, Nomad, check this dude out. Go check it. I'm more than happy to go look at them because it could be some guys that are getting past my radar. Yeah, well, I will put that out to you and to everyone else here at the Bears Country Podcast Network and on the Barroom Network. If you want me uh, and Danny Shimon to talk to a specific player who is going to be at the East-West Shrine game, we will have interview possibilities with many of the players, and so hopefully we can find your player, and then we'll ask a couple of questions on your behalf. And um, th this is uh, this is go going to happen that last week in January. Uh, Danny and I will be down there. He's he's got his own room. He, he and I are not bunking in the same room. I just don't play that game. My wife, oh, shit. come on! I know you're just putting it out there. You guys no, are see. you guys are splitting the bill. Come on! Seriously, do you do you <laughs> have uh, do you have a list of the, do you have a list of the guys that are going to be there yet? Yeah. Uh, in fact, that's what I was going to say. I'll send you the link from their website that has the complete rosters of all the players. And so uh, Danny, I know, has already started scouting a lot of those guys and, and the rest of the team here will do. So, yeah, I'll send you that link. And uh, in fact, I'll, I don't know if you can put links in the chat room. right? I don't think you can. I've never seen a link. But I'll put that up on, on Twitter at Barroom Network for everyone. And I'll also send it to you guys personally. Awesome. Thank you so much. There's no, reason, there's no reason for the offseason not to be booming. There's a lot to be uh, covered, a lot of players. It's just a lot of information to pass on to these bear thirsty fans that they could they will really benefit from. And I'm I'm be more than glad to bring it to them. Awesome. Well, and I'll tell you, uh, this is I've been doing this a, a number of years, and some of the off seasons have uh for all of us who do this for a business. Uh, or for fun, it has been some of the most rewarding times because there are no games to talk about anymore. There's no disappointing, depressing losses. And so now, boom, you drive up the creativity. Hey, let's do this. Hey, let's do that. Let's grab an interview with this player. Let's grab an interview. All sorts of really cool things can happen. And so the Bears-related content that we'll be driving out, I think uh, with you guys now teaming up with us and uh, and so many other guys who are so good at what they do, we're going to pull out some really great fucking content the next six months, man. Watch. It's going to be outstanding. I'm excited. I have been uh, secretly planning in my head, and uh, Kitty doesn't know about this, but she, uh -oh. she's about to know. <laughs> 
going to training camp, tr- training camp next year. Oh, uh oh, Kitty is about to explode. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Uh, go to training camp next year. We can pull our camper up there and go stay in. Uh, well, fuck. Actually, no. It's not even in Bourbon A anymore. So we'd have to go stay at, at some family and go I, go by my house. You can stay by my house if I've got room here. Boom. Uh, we, have, in. We, have, yeah. we have two fifty-pound dogs. We can't stay at your house with those guys. So we have to. Oh, we'll have to my little yeah, I got, dog. I, I got plenty of family up there. I got plenty of family up there. But it'd be nice to go up there and stay for a couple of weeks and then go to training camp and, you know, get some yeah. live some live feed from there and stuff. Because it's going to be an exciting time. As soon as the available, we should jump on him. Go, go ahead, brother. I apologize. My bad. My bad. Just, I just wanted to add on what you said, Aldo. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to kiss your ass, but this could be one of the most pivotal. This is the most pivotal offseason we've had. Yep. And, and I can't remember. Yep, maybe maybe the uh, one of the lovey off seasons when he first got here, but mm-hmm. this is probably the most pivotal off season we've seen in about mm-hmm. twenty years at least. Yeah, I, I'm totally totally with you on this. This is the kind of off season for Chicago sports fans that you are praying for any really really any sports fan who is around my age. You're really praying that they get their shit together so that you can be alive and coherent when they win the next Super Bowl or title. I mean, I don't want to if they fuck this up and it takes another 10 years before they finally get back to the Super Bowl. This is going to be me watching a TV. Yeah. It's going to, uh, <laughs> no. I shit again. <laughs> I know. So I mean, this has to happen in the next five years. You know, I want this team to climb in 2023 to a super competitive level where teams are afraid to come into Soldier Field because the linebacker Sanborn, the, the safety brisker is going to, they're going to knock your heads out. The front four now is totally revamped. We're getting after quarterbacks. They're afraid to step up into the pocket. They're afraid to roll out because they're going to get killed. And, the offense finally can be averaging 28 plus points a game. This could be this era of football could be coming up and it all starts with this preseason starts with this preseason. That is huge, man. And it's, and it's not this parody across the league is, is pretty widespread. It's pretty even across the league and it's Mm -hmm. not as hard to attain the, the talent it would take you two to three years in, in years past to be able to accrue the amount of talent that you need to be really competitive. Not mm-hmm. so much more. Mo- most teams have more talent than they can deal with. You can only keep 53 men on a roster. I think 68 all together, including the pra- practice squad. There's mm-hmm. so much talent out there and got teams that are turning over, like probably your Arizona's, your uh, Indianapolis's with all that talent there. You can pretty much turn your roster around pretty goddamn quickly. And I just don't buy that. We need another two, three more years. Nah, if you make the right moves now, you can get a pretty good fucking team quickly. With all okay. the draft picks that they could acquire with with the first or second pick, you're damn right. Yep. But you you know, you gotta get lucky too, because that that in free agency, when you're acquiring players in draft and free agency, it's a lot of it is scouting, 95%, but that 5%, what happens if that Duke 
just comes to Chicago and doesn't like it here? What happens if we acquired him at a time when his career is going from great to 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 average or or, or worse? Like Khalil Mack, we had him for one game here in Chicago where he was <laughs> holy shit! This is the greatest. He was Khalil Mack. Right, yeah. and then after that, it started just going down and down. Guys, yeah. I'm so sorry to interrupt you, but there's breaking news. There's a player on the Bills that has been performed CPR for like 13 minutes. Oh, what? no. Yeah, ambulance oh. are on the field. Chat's blowing up. So just kind of be mindful that, that someone could be possibly gone. Somebody oh. dying? Yeah. I saw – I had the TV on – I can see between my two monitors, and I saw that there was a long pause on the field where they were down. They're doing CPR. It's uh, Hamlin. Demar Hamlin. Yes. Oh wow. Oh my she, goodness. They're doing CPR. My girlfriend uh, telling me right now. Oh man. Oh, yeah, he just collapsed. They say he just collapsed. Yeah. Oh, oh so it wasn't a, it wasn't like a injury, like a hit injury from a hit? No, nah, mm -hmm. they say he just collapsed. She said he just collapsed. Wow. Oh my goodness. Every every time you step foot on that motherfucker, you got your life on the line. When I was in high school, physical help your life. When I when I was in high school, a guy in the on our on our basketball team uh dropped dead during practice. You know, as a 16-year-old, 17-year-old, he had an enlarged heart. And uh it was it was awful. It was it was awful. Like you ever been playing a game of you ever been playing a game of hoops and stop for a second to get a drink of water and notice how hard your heart's pounding? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's why, that's, that's why I don't play it. Her out. Wow. Yeah. No, it's that's terrible. Looks like I got the TV on. It looks like uh, Burrow is back out in the field, so it looks like they might resume play. But they are looking at images of particularly the Bills players on the sidelines. They look sh shaken up, man. This does oh not. Oh my look goodness. Up. If, if somebody on their team passes away, if they're doing CPR on somebody, they got to stop the fucking game, man. That game ain't exactly. fucking important no more. CPR. Well, they may, you know what? They may be talking about that now. The officials are are around Sean McDermott. There seems to be a long discussion going on. Burrow's out on the field, just warming up. I believe they haven't shown a wide shot yet. Uh, and there is. I'm looking at Allen on the sideline. Just yeah, look at he giving him play again. Cliff and, wow. Cliff and Robert are in there telling me that he got hit first and stood up and collapsed. Oh, wow. Fell over backwards. Yeah. And you see, you know, we were talking, you guys were talking earlier about Tevin Jenkins. You know, it is concerning now that he has had to leave the last uh, two games that he's played because of neck injuries. And he was interviewed at the beginning of the week, and he said, I have no concerns. I don't think about that at all. But, you know, hopefully his medical staff is thinking on for, for him on his behalf uh, to give him some honest responses. Could he seriously get into a situation like this where, they, you know, he could get paralyzed? It's a serious thing. Right. So Where he's going to retire. This yeah. shit's no joke. The higher the level goes, I only played in college, but the higher the level goes, the more strenuous this game is. And it's literally you're not – Playing to worry about a broken leg or a broken arm, you worrying about your fucking life, man. Yeah, yeah. It looks like they're having serious discussions here with Sean McDermott. It's interesting that the game is in Cincinnati, but the head coach of the Bengals is not a part of this discussion. So 
are they talking about a penalty? And there's uh, Stefan Diggs firing up his team. Firing up his team, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I'm glad you guys are watching it because I'm, I'm waiting on you guys. What is game for him is what he's saying. Yeah, yeah. So it looks like maybe they're going to play, and what they're talking about here is a potential penalty or something. Well, prayers, quick prayers, story, prayers. guys. Yes, please. Quick, quick story, guys. Um, McDermott is. The, it looks like the, the players are leaving the field. The oh, game may have been canceled. That's the right thing to do, man. I, I don't. I, I'm not looking at this. I'm just hearing it. What, what you guys are reporting, and I'm telling you guys right now. They won't respect the NFL or these franchises for continuing to play in these circumstances. Like, it's just fuck that game, man. It's not important. We need to find out if my man is going to live or not. Yep. Yep. I'm right about that, man. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a real sad situation. I, I, if I can share a quick story uh, with with you guys, when I was when I first started following the game in 1971. On CBS TV, the Bears are playing the Lions, and in the fourth quarter, the middle of the fourth quarter, late in the fourth quarter, there's a wide receiver from the Lions who ran a pattern across the middle. He got hit by Dick Butkus, and then two plays later, that same player collapsed, and there was a long delay. There was quiet in the stadium. Everyone knew that this was not the normal type of injury I was watching as a 10, 11 year old kid just freaked out. And um, then the game was over at three 30. It wasn't until the six o'clock news where they led with the story. Chuck Hughes wide receiver for the Detroit Lions, died at tiger stadium today. And I, I you know, I, I'm getting chills. Hopefully nothing like that is happening here. But when I saw that as a kid, it really impacted me and gave me great appreciation for what these guys are going through, what they they could potentially be risking their lives with, with this game. It's uh, intense. intense Have you ever seen one of those breakdowns right before a game where, say, a, a linebacker or something? On, on you, on you, Can you hear that, Aldo? Uh, not really. You guys, be me. hold on. Let me let me see if I can do something. Yeah, it's coming from you too. All right, so you're the one with that fucking mix machine, Aldo. Yeah, it's fucked up. <laughs> Pay a lot of money for nothing. All right, that should help. What do Does I that help? Now? Okay, that's yeah, it sounds better. Yeah. All right, so this well, mic is picking saying, up feedback. What what when you when you see those guys like a middle linebacker, let's say a Ray Lewis or someone like that. You see him breaking the team down right before the game, and he's giving that speech, and he's telling them, guys, I need you guys to give me everything you've got. Put your life on the line if you need to. Until you play this game at a high enough level, you don't understand what he's saying to you. And he yeah. he's telling you, and we know as a team collectively, we're making the decision that we're putting our lives on the line out here for, for us to be able to win this game, and that's no fucking joking matter. It's real. Yeah. It looks like they have they've temporarily suspended the game. I wonder so, was he moving at five fifty eight of the first quarter. Was he moving so, at all? Does anybody know that? I don't know. I'm I would try, love to try to find Lynn some Hayden highlights. He was. Let's see, Aldo, since yes, you're joining us, I'm gonna go take a leak. You guys can handle this for a minute. This is absolutely, absolutely. 
Well, and I, I, I think I can share some images that are on Twitter here. So let me do that, Nomad, so you can see and our followers on this show can can see what the scene is like. And again, these are images posted on uh, social media. Let me call this up right here and there. Girlfriend is in there with tears in her eyes, man. Something is bad. Yeah. Can, can you see this picture? I don't see anything. Okay, let's see. Uh, Kitty, if you're there, can you uh, punch up? There you go. Thank you. So these are the players gathered around. I believe this was after the player was removed from from the field. I'm pretty sure. Yes, it's one of the assistant coaches leading the Bills in prayer. Um, Let's see what else we got. There's the scene as as, – Player is being removed from the stadium. The chat is booming. The chat is telling us everything, man. Well, let's uh, see what they got to say. Um, ABC said it, he was uh, given CPR as soon as possible. He's only 24 years old. Seems like my internet is lagging at times. So I, hopefully that is now fixed after I did the little thing that I did. Um, both teams leaving the field. At the moment, the teams went back to the locker rooms to regroup and decide whether or not to play. So some long, hard discussions are going to be held there. Uh, I would imagine, Nomad, you would know better than me, what do you think is going to be the percentage of players who want to get back out there, win one for their teammate, or as opposed to players who are saying, no, out of respect for the family or, or whatever, we should not play. What do you think? This is this is where the really good coaches go to the leadership that they've established in the locker room, and they ask them, "What do you think we should do? Should we put guys back out there, or should we just just go get dressed up and just wait and see if my guy gets better?" That's when you determine whether you got a good coach or a coach that doesn't have any scruples and saying that the game is more important than a guy. Mm-hmm. You that, just from a distance, I know for a fact they ought not put these guys back on the field. It doesn't hurt anything to temporarily postpone this game and, and wait for another time to present this game again. This isn't you don't do that right now. It's not yeah. good for the league and it's not good for the uh organizations or the players. Yeah. You know, I, I, I would say I, I I agree with everything and I think that's great perspective. I would also say that if there's one player, one player on the team who feels it's inappropriate, then maybe I wouldn't if, if I were to coach maybe I wouldn't send the rest of the players out there. I I would hate to put a player through a situation where they're not thinking about the game. They're thinking about their partner, you know, and because you know, uh, Nomad, and anyone that's played any kind of sports at any level knows on a lesser degree, but you know that if you're not 100% tuned in to what you're doing, you're going to get hit in the face with a golf ball, a basketball, a baseball, you name it, man. It's just not not going to be good for you. Just think about it for a second. Although, think about it for a second. You can put your, yourself in the place of any guy in that locker room. They're asking you to go back out on the field and finish this game. And you know that your homeboy is in the hospital fighting for his life, and he might not make it. They know this guy. He's not just a number. They know him as a man, as a human being. And they're asking them to go back out here and play a silly fucking game. And this man might be losing his life right at this moment. 
No, it's not the right thing to do. Cancel this fucking game, play it at another date. I don't give a fuck what's transpired as far as the score goes. Start all over, whatever you need to do. But this is more important for the game of football. Listen, if you have to, if you need the fucking game on the record because of the standings, then postpone this game until the end of the season and start it at 5.58 in the first quarter. And that's, that's where you're starting from. And you're and you're on whatever line of yard line to gain that you're at, and that's where you're at, because this game has to stop. It's it's you, you can't have someone die on the field and then just move on. It's, that's just any, not how it works. Has anybody seen any updates? Anybody in the chat? Anybody? Yeah, I'm looking myself, and um, I haven't seen any updates. But let me share this tweet uh, with you, if I'm still up on the screen, from Matt Forte. Cancel the game. As a player, there's no way you could continue in the right frame of mind. Entertainment and football is not everything. So I'll look for more comments like that to like like you said, Aldo. You're you're not going to be, you know, in the right frame of mind to continue this game, and that's what injuries happen when you're not playing at your fullest. You know, your fullest capacity. You're focused. Mm -hmm. That's when injuries happen. They have to. You're gonna, Plus, you, it's just not right. You're going to not only risk alienating your team, you you might risk a physical confrontation asking those guys to go back out on that field. They're going to look at their coach or whoever is telling them, hey, we need to go back out to GM, owner. I don't give a fuck who you are. Hey, man, shut the fuck up talking to me, man. I don't want to hear nothing you got to say right now. I'm worried about my homeboy. Fuck this. Katie, pull, pull up what Cliff just said because – yeah, I have, I have some comments coming in here, and then there's also a Twitter video that I'm going to try to share with you guys, so just bear with me. I've never done that before. Um, but give me a second. I want to share this with you. I like Cliff Victoria says, if this game is – if this is really serious, game may be changed to a future time. Oh, I thought you were saying, like, the game – this may change the future of the game. I, I misread that. But I think it could. Like, if, if somebody – passes away on the field because of this, How, what's that going to do for the future of the game? We, we've, we all know that we've we've seen players get tra- you know, horribly injured and even die. What what's, Is it uh, Stinger or Stingler or something that died in the 70s on the field? Uh, uh, but he, he was paralyzed. Daryl uh, Stingley. Daryl Stingley, yeah. And, uh, but to have someone, like, if they actually died on the field, What's that going to do for the future of the game? That's kind of scary as a thought because we all love this game so much. You know, we kind of we, – we're all kind of worried what would happen with the with the concussion things that were being brought out and the movies made about it and stuff, and it hasn't seemed to affect the game because they just kind of like probably play, paid some people off and brushed it off. But now if you have somebody actually die on the field, I'm having what's real- that going to be for the future? I'm having real time reaction, man. I mean, physically. Me too. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a player's player, and I'm a pro player guy, and I know what it feels like to be in that environment. And I mean, I'm talking about ass sweats. I've got chills going on right now, and ain't nothing more important. Fuck this game, man. It's the most important thing is can my man make it through this. Mm-hmm. Fuck the game. I don't care how important it was to anybody. It's not the the principle right now. That young man is fighting for his life somewhere. 
-hmm. Let's uh, let's see if there's anything else on Twitter that we can read. Uh, uh, Robert Griffin III is uh, tweeted out. He's one of the broadcasters at ESPN. Please don't share the video of the Hamlin play. Share this instead, which is a picture of everybody praying. Um, JJ Watt, the game is not important. The Damar Hamlin's life is important. Please be okay. Please. He's in hoping and praying. Um, let's see. LaShawn McCoy, the running back prayer is powerful. Please play for my pit brother. Um, stuff, tough stuff, man. Tim oh, Tebow, goodness. please Although, join me in prayer. Yes, sir. You know there's somebody, there's a group of people somewhere saying, forget that. It's a game. It's a contact sport. They know what they're getting involved in. We need to finish this I, I want to run into you in the street. I want to run into you in the grocery store, in the alley, in your fucking yoga class, and beat your ass. <laughs> you don't know shit. There's somebody somewhere saying that bullshit. Right. Well, uh, Lynn uh, Hayden in the chat comments says, "Actually, guys, sorry, I might have to leave the show. I'm shook up, and that that I is a to totally respectable." Uh, position. I kind of feel the same way, Lynn. It's like, do do you guys want to continue? <laughs> no, 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 no. We got to keep. We got to keep going at least until we get the status update, whether he yeah. lives or not. I yeah. think we got to keep going for the sake of what we do. Yeah. Okay. Well, I can't you know, that. And let and let's just hope. I mean, clearly, if they're performing emergency CPR so immediately, clearly he he lost. You know. Uh, uh, or his heartbeat was really, really slow, or or he lost, you know, his heartbeat, and so right. hopefully they established that quickly, even before he got into the ambulance and out of a, you know, a, an abundance of caution, you know, that's why you're 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 seeing all this stuff. But I, I know sometimes we see a player go down and we all get really, really tense about it. And then we find out a half hour later that everything is cool or will be fine, you know. So hopefully. You know, and prayfully, this, that's yeah. what's going to happen now. We were all really worried about Tevin Jenkins a couple weeks ago, right? And uh, mm -hmm. he was down for the count, got carried off on a on a cart, right? So he was playing a couple weeks later. So hopefully um, this is, you know, something similar to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This has got me emotional, man. Cliff says, uh, this doesn't matter much, but this week is the fantasy football finals for millions of players. It also affects real NFL coaches are going to have to make a tough decision. Yeah, I mean, you know, in terms of the fantasy football, they're not even going to think about that. And I'm not implying, Cliff, that that's what you're saying. But what they're going to think about, first and foremost, is player safety, player concern, and doing what's out of respectful for the family. Uh, and so I think that's what's going to drive whatever whatever decision they might have to make in these uh, minutes ahead. Just just listen Tom to what the players and the former players are saying. They're telling you everything you need to know. Mm -hmm. Tom Tom Jankowski said the, there was a player who uh, pull that back up, Kitty. There was a player who passed away during a Bears Lions game. Um, where did that, was, that was? That Chuck was Hughes. The story. Yeah, that was the story I shared earlier about Chuck Hughes. He was with the Detroit Lions, a wide receiver, 
and he went down. And I, for years, I thought it was Dick Butkus that hit him so hard that his heart stopped, but that wasn't the oh, case yeah. at all. Uh, what happened was is that Chuck Hughes had a history of heart problems. And in fact, he was complaining about an irregular heartbeat and feeling fatigued for weeks prior to the game. But the Detroit Lions uh, medical staff only made, you know, surface looks. They never took a, told him to go see a cardiologist or nothing. They just, you know, put the stethoscope there and said, ah, it looks like you're fine. And he went out for two games prior to that Bears game, and he was feeling bad. And then on that Bears game in a November afternoon, that motherfucker passed away right there on the field, man. It was the saddest thing. It shook me. To, to this day, I still, when I recall the story, I still feel freaked out about it. I bet you do. I, I like what, uh, what, what was that, Kitty, Omar, the last uh, couple of chats ago, Omar? The show should continue. Knowing everyone on here is as concerned about the situation is comforting. So thank you for saying that. It's my yeah. ass, just, 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 kiss. Oh, I read that wrong. Oh, yeah, I thought you yeah. said kiss my ass. Like, that was a really good... My bad. My bad. I'm in my feelings, man. Now, I, I know that they didn't want to... Someone, um, Aldo, you read a tweet where they didn't yeah. want to show. I have the video of where he was hit, but then collapsed, and that's it. We can play yeah. it, but it's up to you guys. They're saying... They're, the, the former players are saying don't show the video. I don't Matt know how... Yeah, Matt Forte was the one that tweeted that out. It wasn't, you know, a member of the family or anything. So it's up to you guys. It's your show. I, I, I was it? Uh, does it? Yeah. If, I sh I should say that we probably shouldn't do that, but um, I mean, was it like a bad? Was it a hit to the chest or if, something? If you just look in my video below, that's lined up. You can see it. Yeah, you yeah. should be able to see it. I can see it, yeah. Uh, I can't really see the the. Let me see. Oh, but we have a lag here. Um, it. The only way I can describe it is he got hit, he stood up, and then he he fell like a a sack of rocks. Oops. Oh God. Okay. Well, so let, let's not show that. Something you want to see that? No, let's not show that. Let's not do that. Out of respect for him and his family, let's not do that. See, see, Adeptus Serpentis saying is saying something I needed to hear. He said the CPR would have been there within minutes. Okay, and the ambulance was there quickly, working in nine minutes before packing them up and transporting them out of there. I, I don't know if they if they got them out of there really quickly and really was speeding out of that place. They are worried, worried, worried. Mm -hmm. You know, I, well, I Adeptus know was saying he's a. Yeah, Adeptus was saying earlier that he he works in this field. He's uh, uh, what did you say you were Adeptus, uh, a paramedic or something? So, yeah, I I get it. He he has a understanding of the response time for this kind of stuff, especially with everyone you know sitting there waiting on the field for anything like this to happen. The fact that we don't know anything and don't have an update right now is bothering me. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, um, I'm. I'm sure they're they're just doing you know every deliberation being as careful as possible before they deliver anything. They don't want you know on one side they don't want to seem too insensitive and say everything is okay, everything let's go back out there. They want to take their time and stuff, and then hopefully it's not the other extreme where something seriously uh, happened. You know, right? Just I just want to hear right. that he's been stabilized, and and that's not coming in here, which tells me they don't think he is yet. <laughs> 
could be. Could be. Yeah, the fact that this is going on for so long, it's, I'm still looking at the screen. It says Monday Night Football, three Bills, three Bengals, seven temporarily suspended. Mm -hmm. So that means they're showing the, you know, the halls of out of the stadium, and it's all blocked off, and there's a lot of solemn people standing around. So I don't know. Hey, it doesn't look. Hey, good. Shorty, can you imagine being in that receiver room, and how is, how the people? Those are the guys that you get the most. You get acquiesced to the most is the guys that in your room every day and practice after practice. Those are the guys you you grow the the greatest rapport with are the people in your room. You really become tight friends. Can you right. imagine sending those guys or asking those guys to go back out there and finish the game, not knowing whether that homie is going to live or die? Can you Dude, imagine? Lot, so, so is it even a conversation? Should they continue? No, it is not. What percentage of these people had dinner with him last night on that team, you know? Yeah. So kids know their kids play with their uh, kids play with each other. You're the godparent to the kids. I mean, there's a lot of layers to what's going on behind the scenes and asking the guys to go out there and finish the game. Then you can kiss my ass and do whatever you have to do. Cut my pay, cut me, and I'm not going back out there. Yeah. So I can't argue with that. Total respect on, on that, man. That's for sure. If I can just change the uh, subject just for a little bit while we're waiting on this, just to talk about the Bears again, is, is you know, these are things I'm worried about happening at Justin Fields. Then putting him out, out there when he shouldn't be playing, oh, like, you know, God the damn. last knock five on, minutes of the game. Knock on wood, there, man. There was, there, there's, one, there's one play, if I could just bring it up, that I have here. It's his. It's a play that I am just absolutely shocked that that he did not get his knee blown out on this. And I wanted to just show this guy to you guys while we're kind of waiting on this, because this is something that I was quite shocked to actually see he didn't have his knee blown out on. If you guys remember this play, <clears throat> so he's like dropping back here. He's rolling out here. And yeah. look at his knee, but you can't see it from there. But this perspective right here is like, mm -hmm. look yeah. at that. He had his knee collapsed upon right there, just absolutely collapsed upon. And why is this team, Aldo, can you actually give an explanation to this? Why are the Bears playing him in the in this time when they should just put, you know, number 14 out there and let him throw four interceptions to end the game? Yeah, you know, I mean, that's. That's such a tough question. We all want to see him get as many snaps as possible so that he can improve his play. You know, we were, you guys started the show with some good discussion about Justin Fields' show, and there's people in the chat room who are, who are growing more and more doubtful about whether Justin Fields can be ever become an accomplished passer in the game. And the, the, the best way for him to become that is for him to play. Now, unfortunately, on the other side, you got to weigh that with the fact that he doesn't have skilled players around him that are playmakers uh, uh, who, who are probably running bad routes, many of them. And you've got an offensive line that has proven to be unreliable. So you got to weigh those two things. That's why I believe that if you heard Matt Eberflus's press conference today, uh, Justin Fields is probably not going to play on Sunday because of an overabundance of caution. The guy... He looked really effing beat up in Detroit. 
getting up, grimacing. You know, he stopped running after a while. You know, that can't be good. It was because he right. was trying to protect himself. So you saw some plays where he was like physically just exhausted. And it was in the first quarter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I, I kind of brought this question up to Kitty today. I was like, he is a vegetarian. He might even be a vegan. I'm not sure exactly to what extent, but does that have not any not anything to do with you know not not shitting on anyone who's a vegetarian or a vegan, but when you're playing in the NFL, do you need that meat protein in your body to strengthen your bones and your muscles? Is, is it is the because he said after the last game when he was having cramping that he, he just needs to start having a, an IV before the game, which I assumed that he had the IV before this game. So if he's cramping up after you know 105 yards in the first quarter, is it does that have anything to do possibly with his diet? Do you guys think? Go ahead, no man. You My mind ain't there right now, man. All right, brother. I'm sorry. I'm just I'm just trying to I'm just trying to take our minds off of this solemn, you know, moment right here because they're still waiting for an answer, and yeah. this is still a Bears content, you know, channel. So. We're, we're, we're not being insensitive. I'm not trying to be insensitive. I'm just trying to like kind of keep our minds on. Yeah, I don't, you know, th- I don't think Nomad. I don't think Nomad was claiming anyone was being insensitive. I, you know, just out of due respect to Nomad, he he can't talk right now. To answer your question, I feel like um, this guy is not doing all the proper things to hydrate himself, which is why he has been. Uh, cramping up so much in, in football games. And so if he does have a vegan diet, and I vaguely remember something like that, Mr. Shorty, I, I believe that, you know, he should be working with the Bears nutritionist because they have one on staff. Sanders says Brady is a, a vegan. I think uh, Aaron Rodgers is too. But um, uh, he, the, there is a Bears nutritionist that works with the players, and hopefully Justin Fields is is you know, taking the advice of that nutritionist and adhering to it. He looks like he's in phenomenal shape. But, yeah, I have grown concerned about, you know, the the, the cramping. I mean, that's been, I think, I think three consecutive yeah. games, right? Yeah. Yep, it has been. And uh, just to uh, – Jay Sanders, uh, I think TD both said that Tom Brady is a vegan. Oh, no, TD, I think, says that Justin Fields is vegan, but Jay Sanders says that Tom Brady is a vegan. The TB12 diet is not a vegan diet, Uh just so you know, Jay Sanders, it's it consists of it's basically a keto diet, but he doesn't eat any tomatoes or green peppers or mushrooms because they are a nightshade. So it's it's he's basically eating no sugar and absolutely no like no refined sugar and no refined white flour or carbs or anything like that, like no refined white flour. So I'm not sure how much that makes him a vegan, but uh I'm just wondering, it's just a, a question of concern with all of the the amount of um, cramping that he's had in the last few games. Is that, or does that have anything to do with the diet? It's just a question I have. I'm curious. Yeah. Well, that's a great question. I would imagine, though, that if you are, and, and it sounds to me, Mr. Shorty, that you're much more knowledgeable about this than I am. I eat whatever the fuck is in front of me. Um, but I would imagine that a vegan diet would be rich in water because of the vegetables and stuff had to have a high water content. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think for a guy, he's, he's just a guy who is expending a lot of energy. Um, right. By, by the way, I just 
called up a website here. It says, is Justin Fields vegan? Fields went vegan back in May of 2020 when he was quarantined with his family and they set out to eat plant-based uh, foods on a one-month challenge. By the time the month was over, he was like the only one who continued the diet. He says, uh, I really like the way it made my body feel. And the date right. on this article, uh, there's no date on the article, so it might have been a while. I remember him saying that in the uh, one of the documentaries that were made about him when he was in college or, you know, I think it was college because there was so many documentaries, high school and college, and then like college going in the NFL and all that stuff. So quick, I remember quick question, that. Aldo, yes, do, you, do you follow Josina Anderson? Yes, I do. Can you, can you look at her? See, sometimes she's pretty quick with the updates. More than people give her credit for. Josina. But she's faster than... Uh, Sometimes Adam Shepard or Ian Rappaport? Sometimes, man. Yeah, she, she's got some really good sources in the league. Why am I not finding her? Right, you know, uh, Aldo, I heard you say the other night that you played a lot of sandlot football just like I did. I played I played in high school, but I played far more sandlot football games. And I remember as a receiver, I I was going out and I I jumped as high as I could, you know, like a 30-inch vertical, mm-hmm. and uh, <laughs> as I caught the ball, the guy, the defender hit me in the legs and took me out, and I fell backwards onto my head, and I saw the oh. stars. Wow. You ever see the stars? Yeah. Fuck, yeah I, I, fell, I, I fell from like five feet down onto my head, and I saw mm-hmm. those stars. You know what I mean? <laughs> you still see them, huh? Take off your glasses. Maybe you have to clean your glasses. <laughs> you still see them? I'm a little bit worried. <laughs> the, fact, the fact that there is no update is really disturbing. Yeah, the fact uh, that we're not here, talking about it. Here's a uh, here's a report from Joe Daneman from Fox News. I'm told Damar Hamlin has a pulse, but he's not breathing on his own. He's being oh. transported to the USC. Uh, and so that's a report that was... Ten minutes ago. Oh, they got him on a vent. No, mm-hmm. it's not good. That's bad. Yeah, and there was a video accompanying that. And I'm sorry, is that Kitty? Is that hearing Kitty? Oh, uh, that's 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 Patty. Oh, so Hi, it, Patty. There was. <laughs> I, I did take a look at the video, and he gets up, and he looks like he's fine after a really good hit, and then he takes uh, as soon as he gets vertigo. Then all of a sudden you start to see him waver and then boom, he hits it. So it's almost like I've had situations where I've been working on it. All of a sudden I'm holding my breath for a long time. And then when I let go of the weights, I start to breathe and whoa, I get, you know, uh, so I know a little bit of that sensation, but I I get my breath back. So hopefully praying to God that uh, Hamlet's got his breath back already and that there isn't any permanent damage. Scary stuff. If he's not breathing on his own and is on a ventilator, that is far more worse than what we think, man. It's going to take a miracle for him to be able to do that again. Something mm-hmm. is going on with his organs. Mm-hmm. Yep. Ah, oh, gosh. I just wonder what, what is that going to do for the future? What is this going to do for the future of the NFL? I mean, they're, they're yeah. going to have, like, chest padding or something? or They'll, they'll well, answer by doing something, but. It's got yeah. the game is going to go on, but they'll have some answer, I'm sure. 
Yeah, the game, it won't impact the future of the game in terms of a revenue source and its popularity. It certainly won't. But I'm sure that what will happen is the players union will sit down with ownership and, and start to say, we need to do a better job of, of checking cardio or whatever the issue was with this incident to check that, to make sure we're not putting players out there who are in danger of having some kind of an incident. Uh, so I, I'm sure that's what will happen. The players union is going to do whatever is possible to ensure they're being uh, uh, preventative measures, because it appears to me that the emergency response crew was out there very, very quickly. And maybe, but maybe, you know, after some thorough talking about it and stuff, they'll say, Hey, we need to have this type of equipment also available on football fields. If they didn't have the paddles, or whatever, I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. But, you know, I'm sure there, there, there's going to be some really intense discussions about how can we prevent this from happening again. And it's and it's I'm sorry, man, but it, it's for me, it's kind of personal because I had the instinct and the heart and the will to play football and give everything I had from I was old enough to know what the game meant. I mean, probably four or five years old. I was 100 percent into it. And it never changed. It never wavered. I have a pretty big, big size nephew, man. He's probably 12, 13 years old. And there was a time, I mean, he's a big kid and he's physical, but there was a time that he really didn't have a heart to play it. And I think it's still somewhere there in him. And my sister and, and his father and the family around him keep kept on, you know, you know, pressuring him. Hey, you need to play your big boy. I'm like, and she called me one time, and I'm just like, as much as I love that boy and as much as I know he's probably got the body to be able to play this game probably at a high level, I want to know if it's in his heart. And I talked to him, and I looked in his eyes, and I told him, I said, you don't have to play. I don't care what your mother says. What your father says, you tell them you don't want to play, and you don't have to play. Mm -hmm. And for that year, he set out a football but I don't know whether he had a second thought about it, whether he felt like he was disappointing his mother or what have you, but he ended up playing the game again. And it's been a couple years since. And he's, and I still think that's somewhere in him. And I'm going to tell him again, if you don't feel like it's in your heart to do this, then you walk away from it. There's somewhere in you instinctually that's telling you, this is not for you. And, and you know, a lot of guys and, Parents need to have that those kind of conversations with their children and let them know what you're getting yourself into. You can fucking die. Absolutely yeah. die. It doesn't happen often, but it happens. Absolutely. Absolutely. There's a lot of players in the NFL that don't really want to be in the NFL, right? But they mm -hmm. are because they have the opportunity to make a lot of money. And yeah. if their heart isn't into it, then they're they can become injury, you know, they, injuries can happen if you're not fully focused at all points of the game, right? I mean, it's, it just yep. happens. By the way, uh, I would like to read a tweet from uh, the asshole known as Skip Bayless. Uh, he writes, no doubt the NFL is considering postponing the rest of this game, but how? This late in the season, a game of this magnitude is crucial to the regular season outcome, which suddenly becomes so irrelevant. You know, what, a, what an asshole. To ask that rhetorical question, but how? You know, there are ways to do the right thing. 
on on fucking par with the piece of shit that he actually is. <laughs> Bayless is yeah. such a cunt. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. he, remind He's me not. Shit. I'm, taking, I'm taking his show off fucking record just for that. I, 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 I loved I loved reading Skip's columns in the Tribune. You know, back mm-hmm. in the day. And that guy turned into a fucking serious douchebag, man. Mm-hmm. Fuck yep. him. Yeah. I and by the way, by the I way, I, 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 by the way I have to say that Cliff has said in chat here, thanks for your professional info, Adeptus, and Adeptus Ser- Serpentus. Seriously, thank you for your professional info. He Indeed. has said, uh, he said here earlier, having a pulse. Oh, sorry, honey. Put, put up uh, Adeptus. Having a pulse is critical. Is a is the critical piece there? If he's intubated, then they will take over his breathing. He'll be given a paralytic and and breath for him, and then they will wean him off into the ICU. So, thank you very much for your um, your knowledge on this and letting us kind of giving us an insight as what's going on here, Adeptus. The yeah. uh, the hashtag uh, call the game is trending on Twitter right now. Cool. And let me see. I got. Let me see if I can share my screen again. Um, uh, Booger McFarland is getting a lot of praise for what he said here. Let me see if I can play this video and you guys can hear it. Stand by. <clears throat> How did you do that? That's impressive. Now it's about one thing. Health and safety is from there, and and I think. Um, we need to go ahead and make the call. Stop speculating. Everybody's speaking about it. Call the game. It's NFL, go ahead and call this game and let's move on. Agree. Oh, hot father there. Adding shit to the just coming in as a guest and adding shit to the show. Good job there, Pod Father. What 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 just happened there? Well, uh, he was where? showing Booger McFarlane. I've seen Booger McFarlane. Right, oh. fucking, I'm gonna tell you what happened. Alda just came in here and took over the show as a guest, and somehow got a fucking upload into here of uh, Booger McFarland. <laughs> no, that was good. I want to hear what he's saying. Uh, Booger, you didn't hear it? I had, I had it. I up just walked in. Oh, okay. Um, let me see if I can call it. Put it up again. Um, Booger basically said, you know, let's call this game NFL. Let's not fuck around here. Um, oh shit. Let me see what did I do with it. I mean, we got Don Byrne here. You know, saying just end the damn game tonight. By the way, Don, he go, played. He played the go game. Fucking kick some ass. Go kick some ass. Go kick. Go kick some ass, Don. Um, are you guys? Are you guys hoping that uh, the Lions win against the Packers? Of course. Fuck the Packers, no matter what way you look at them. Fuck the Packers, inside and out, upside and down, left and right, and whatever other way you can figure it out. Go fuck <laughs> kick their ass, Don. Come join the show next week after you beat the Packers. Talk about it. We'd love to hear you. God damn it. Uh, all right, let me play this again for uh, Nomad. Right now, all the way around. America right now is concerned about one thing, health and safety for this young man. And, and I think um, we need to go ahead and make that call. Stop speculating. Everybody's tweeting about it. Call the game. Let's, NFL, go ahead and call this game, and let's move on. There you go. It's easy. Easy. Nothing yeah. to think about. If if you're Roger Goodell, you make that call and you be the Don Dada of the NFL like you're supposed to and just without anybody having to discuss it, hey, this is over. We'll figure it out after this. But right now, for the sake of anything worthwhile, good in this world, stop this game 
send these guys home, and let's figure out what happened with this young man. Uh, yeah, there was a, uh, a picture of the Buffalo Bills equipment being loaded. And so while there's no official announcement yet, it appears that the game will be called uh, just if we can surmise that by the equipment guy starting to pack stuff up. I, mean, I didn't mean to laugh when you were saying that. I was just reading in chat. Someone said, "Now nah, let the I hope the Packers win." <laughs> Caesar says, "Now nah, I want the Packers win so they lose to the Niners." In the playoffs. <laughs> Man, fuck that game. Who was thinking? I can certainly understand uh, that brotherhood that Nomad is talking to and having a a visceral reaction to. You can hear the Nomad's voice and stuff. I did when I was a kid growing up. Um, I was never quite good enough to be the star player and stuff, but everyone thought that I should be the manager. Fucking Aldo, he reads books. Let him be the manager. So I managed a lot of baseball teams, football teams, uh, and I I could tell that there was a difference between me and the players because they were the ones out there huffing and puffing and trying to make it work and going through the emotional roller coaster of a game 10 times more amplified than what I was going through in my mind. You know, when you're the manager, you're worried about the decision. Should I call a steal here? Should I bring the infield? You're worried about and trying it's to emotional, focus on not physical. Yeah. Yes. But even the players with the physical and the emotional of what they're going through, I, 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 I could not, I could try to put myself in their feet, but I can never quite, know exactly what they're going through because to me that's an emotion that i've never been had the privilege of experiencing in a big time level or anything like that even when you know i i, I managed softball teams that would win a championship at humble park and we would win a trip to puerto rico so that would get pretty intense you know yeah. um but even under those situations where i was hoping with the coaching and in some cases managing i i, I could not a hundred percent relate to that athlete's mentality of going out there and putting it all on your line. Like Nomad said, you're going out there. Ray Lewis would tell his players, if you have to sacrifice your life, go out there and get it done. That's that's heavy, man. Although all this time, all this stuff was transpiring, my phone was in the other room with my girlfriend. Mm-hmm. And my phone was in there lighting the fuck up. I forgot that I didn't have it in front of me. It was lighting the fuck up. And it's my friends that played the game. One of them in particular is a, a position coach with the uh, Patriots. And I, that's more than I, I'm i willing to sh- – I shouldn't even share that. But he's emotional as fuck right now. Mm-hmm. I want to call him. I'm going to call him after this is all over with. But this is the kind of stuff that, you know, when you it, – it's – like you said, it's deep. And it's and – it's, I mean, it's really deep. I can't express that well enough. And when it's when something like this happens – it's like a, it's like everybody feels it. It's like somebody gets hit in the chest with a fucking, a fucking one of those big iron balls that swings and knocks down a fucking building yeah. or something. It just, yeah. it's heavy. Wreck, wrecking ball, yeah. 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 I mean, it's heavy. And I know he's got a lot on his mind. He don't really call me that often, but, man, and he's not the only one. This My phone's in there lighting the fuck up, man. Mm-hmm. Here's uh, another uh, tweet from uh, the sponsor of the uh, 
uh, Mike Norris early bird special, David Spada. He's a personal injury attorney, and he's tweeted out, Roger Goodell, NFL commissioner, should have called the game off immediately. No player could be expected to have a head in the game after seeing a fellow player get CPR on the field. This is David Spada. He probably is uh, – <laughs> You know, gonna get some business out of uh, after that very thoughtful tweet. Um, yeah, you know, I'm I'm with you. I don't understand why this is taking so long. They could clearly have you know a meeting saying, let's call off the game immediately, and now let's start talking about how we're going to reschedule this. Should everybody stay in town and we play it first thing in the morning? You know, uh, or, or, or what? You know, and that's a, a, a an intense discussion. But the, perhaps the easiest discussion is call off the fucking game. Come on now. They, if you have to, if you have to postpone the Super Bowl by one week to play this game, then so fucking be it. Mm-hmm. They're they're in the chat. They're saying it's official. The game is suspended. You all said it. The equipment managers are packing it up. That yep. should have. I mean, I, I mean, we're being. They're all praying on the field right now. We're being all overly opinionated, and everybody has their own viewpoint of, about. Sure. And I apologize to anybody in the chat that I might have offended by saying anything I might have said that might have been offensive as far as what you think about whether the game should be going on or not. I feel strongly that it shouldn't, and I have my reasons for that. And and it is personal for me, so I apologize if I offended anybody in the chat. But it's 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 deep for me, and I apologize to you. No apologizing necessary, Nomad. I mean, when you play the game on a level like you have played, you know, you understand it even more than on a level like someone like even no, or I should say Aldo and I have played. You know, I don't know if you played high school football, but I did Aldo, and I played a, played a lot of sandlot football with no pads or helmet on. Which I've got far more injured on in any game that I ever did in in pads. Mm. So, I mean, uh, it's I you know, from coming from your perspective of someone who's played at a much higher level, uh, we both feel your emotion. We can understand it. Yeah, for sure. I I play. I used to just like you, Dan, uh, in the neighborhood. Go to Humble Park, play tackle football, no gear, couldn't afford gear, you know. And right. there might be one guy that showed up with a shoulder pad, like on one shoulder and, and a fucking helmet with no face mask and stuff. But yeah, we were playing tackle a body to body. And uh, every once in a while, we get paired up against a team of guys that who had played tackle football. And I'll never forget being hit by those guys. <laughs> oh my God. Someone is saying in the chat that you know T Higgins is the guy that hit him, and maybe T Higgins might be going through some shit right now. Fucking and, hey. I mean, yeah. he shouldn't be, but because he was just playing a game. But you you gotta imagine what that might feel like for him if this he, guy human being, man. Of course, he's gonna go through that, right? No matter. I mean, mm-hmm. if he was the one that made this whole thing happen, I mean. You know, that's the other element you have to think about when postponing this game or whatever they're dealing with it is that, you know, the, the other end of it, the person that was involved in that. How can you you possibly continue this game from, you know, from both perspectives? It just makes no, matter. It makes I just, no sense. I've just never seen – I've seen guys fall out, pass out, collapse in a practice, and an ambulance had to come and get them because their breathing was irregular or something like that. They, Find out later something like Aldo said you had a 
something going on with your heart and you didn't even know about it. I've seen that kind of sh shit happen. But this is a bit much. I've never seen a guy in this predicament. I haven't seen any of this, but from what everybody is describing ha that happened, this is pretty much unprecedented in my era of watching football. And I would like to just, uh, Kitty, pull up Don Burr's comment again because, you know, Don Don Burr likes to come in and talk shit, but he's he's tonight he's proven to be the real man. And he says, if you ever, man, if you ever played this game on any level, shit hits different, man. Damn, that's why you can't call any player a bum who suits up and goes out there to risk his life. So thank you for saying something so kind-hearted, Don. It's really you're right. It's true. And if I can comment on Handsome Duke's comment who wrote, everyone is acting like this is the sports world's first injury, starting to sound like pandering. Handsome Duke, I hope you're not referring to us, you know. And secondly, are, are you sure you're making reference to what happened on the field today and tonight's football game? Because there's a man's life in danger. I mean, they had to put him on a ventilator and perform emergency CPR. This is this is more serious than a broken leg. This is much more serious than any of the broken legs that you've seen for star quarterbacks, Joe, uh, Joe Theismann back when I was a kid, to uh, more recently Dak Prescott. And so this is much more serious than that. Jim Miller, Zach, or, uh, Miller, our tight end yeah. on the Bears, Miller, with his leg yeah, injury. Yeah, Zach Miller. Now, that was a serious one because he apparently lost so much blood that by the time they got him to the hospital, it, it got really, really serious. So right. it's it's on that level and, and beyond. I mean, this young man, you know, this, this is this is serious. So hopefully, uh, Duke, you you ma we're making reference to other people on the social media. This is a serious shit, man. Yeah. Come on, come on, Duke, my dog. Where your heart at, man? Yeah. I mean, we we you know we're coming under to try to like make light of a Bears loss to the Lions and. And all this shit happens in real time in front of our eyes, and we're just trying to make sense of it. It's it's this is this is a person's life on the line, not a person's leg or a person's career. It's their life. It's it's uh, it's really sad, actually. <laughs> there's a, there's a, Robbie just made a great comment. There's a there's a certain amount of time that you cannot be breathing. That it can do some permanent damage to you, whether it be uh. You know, cerebral damage, even even parts of your organs, your lungs, anything. There's parts of that that's a factor here too. So, that being said, I mean it's a lot, and not and and not being any breaking news on whether this guy is stable or not is fucking with me. Just mm -hmm. really fucking with. Me. You're right. I mean, when you lose your, uh, if you have no heartbeat no oxygen for a certain amount of time there's only a certain amount of time you have before there's too much brain damage that you can't even really have a good life after that and you know it's almost you're going to be on you know on on the on the machine until you know someone says to pull the plug so let's just pray that this has not come to that that he is able to you know come back get his senses back and continue to Fuck, please don't play football again, but just continue to have a good life after this, you know? They're saying he's in critical condition. That's, that's the word. 
Yeah, they're saying on this, I'm seeing on the TV, 24 years old, sixth round pick in 2021 draft by Pittsburgh, injured at 8.55 Eastern time, left stadium by ambulance at 9.25 Eastern time, according to ESPN's Ben Baby. That's what I'm reading right now on my TV. So, And for anybody that's thinking that, that we're trying to gain something by still being on air while this is going on, this is this shit happened in real time, and I'm – and I'm having real time reactions as is everybody in this in this on this show. And I, it's a pleasure to me to be able to let you guys go through it with me and and we go go through it with you. You know, these live reactions, that's important to me because it shows that there's more humanity out there than it is anything other than that. Mm. It's it's just we 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 live off of Bears content and football content. Why not have the respect? Yeah, I mean, I think that is what this community is all about. Uh, this is more than, you know, putting information out there. This is about the friendships that we've developed with everyone that visits the Bar Room and Bears Country podcast channels. This is about, you know, having, you know, we, we've developed really good friendships with so many of the people who frequent our shows. And to be able to talk about this, to hear uh, and read what you're thinking out there, and for us to share our deepest emotions and be authentic and open up about this, this is all about, you know, a family, a community. This isn't about, you know, trying to make a name for ourselves or anything like that. It's not the case at all. So, no, and this is happening in real time, and we're all doing, we're all, we're all shocked, just like you are. We're all trying to make sense of this, like, all of you are in chat, and we we have to say that we appreciate all of you for being here and kind of sticking with us in this moment because this is, you know, obviously has not been Bears content for the last hour. So everyone that's um, sticking around to this is uh, thank you so much. So if you guys were in here, I'm in my man cave, and where I'm sitting, if my girlfriend opens the door, and I see the re I'll, I'll see the reflection of the TV, or the shadow of the TV, and and soon as she opened the door, I seen like sirens or ambulance lights or something, and she, her eyes was as big as a fucking moon, and she had tears in. Them. Wow! And right then is when you guys started to say it, and I kind of froze. I'm like, you know, we we take care of her mother because she's in a, a critical state kind of right now. And I thought there was something going on there, but then she said it the same simultaneously you guys were saying it. So at first I was just like shocked. I'm like, what the fuck am I supposed to do right now? I'm live on, on this fucking show. And it was, it's, it's all happening. And this is all real, man. Ain't nothing fake about this shit. This is real shit going on right here. Indeed. Indeed. And, and so it looks like they've suspended the game. So yes. that means they will have to replay it. I'm seeing Josh Allen crying. I mean, uh, yep. it's 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 pretty it's pretty big. If they can't do the game, I mean, what would happen? I don't know what the standings would be, but if they if they just said this is a um, a wash of a game, what would the the standings be? Would it make a damn difference between these two teams? I mean, they're both. Well, I, I think it's handled as a tie, uh, but they, they are going to play this game. I wouldn't at all be surprised if they were to play it tomorrow night. Uh, um, I I know it's it's not going to be I, – I, I say that knowing that I could 
be totally off on this, but they're going to try to get this, particularly if everything is all right with Hamlin, which I'm going to look at this more optimistically. I, I'm hoping and praying that everything w is going to be fine. And if he's fine, then I, I could see them playing this game tomorrow. There have been Tuesday night games in the past. Um, and if they have to make some adjustments uh, for their next game, you know, put it on Sunday night or even put it on next Monday, uh, I, I can see that as well. You know, it, it, this is this is doable. And somebody, Cliff, I think it was, said, you know, getting all the NFL bosses together and getting them agreeable on something is, isn't easy. And you're totally right, Cliff. But at the same time, you know, hopefully they would come to their senses and, and fix this thing, you know. But as Nomad has been saying, that the biggest, biggest thing right now is the health of this young man, and that should take priority over anything else. Um, I got uh, I got some video up of Hamlin um, that just to, to get to see his face. Do you think it would be a good idea to play that? It's not nope. from the injury. Nope. Okay. No, I just no, wanted to put a, it's not the hit. I think they were saying don't show the hit. No, no, so no, he, no. I would I would never do that. What I, I just want to show is like an interview that was done months ago with him so that we could see the, the face behind the man because I think that's a lot happens to us when we watch these gladiators, these modern-day gladiators play. We, we start to kind of lose the fact that, hey, this is a human being under that mask. You know, these are regular people. These are guys who went to – the high school down the street that uh, you know played you know played in the college uh, the next day over you know and so sometimes you at Walmart next week any any motherfucker mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> if you have access to play that like you did again go ahead and play it let's just see what this man is about Aldo all right let's uh, I won't play the audio because it's probably not important as important as it is just seeing you know what this man looks like that's uh. Damar Hamlin. I hope I'm pronouncing the first name correctly. Yeah, it looks like you are. Damar Hamlin, yeah. Yeah. So, so here's the young man. There, there's a face that we can all keep in our minds when we're paying, praying uh, tonight and tomorrow and for however long. Uh, Adepta says he would like to hear the vo his voice, honestly. I could put the audio up and, uh, you know, I'm sure. Oops. And there it goes. Like, where'd it go? Okay. Anybody else, whoever's that corner, you know, um, communication is one of our issues that we devote ourselves on. So, uh, and it really don't matter who's out there. Um, it's standard. Uh, yes, but like when I first came in last year, it was pretty hard to kind of like, um, I was in the process to kind of just know what I had to do. And then, you know, just kind of disguise what I had to do and do what I had to do. A tough task. Um, but, you know, this second time around, I feel a little more comfortable in it all. And uh, I feel like I'm, I'm right where I need to be. But, um, you know, just going back, watching Jordan and Michael, um, just watching how they do it, learning how they do it, uh, definitely helped me out on how to put it together myself. So that is Damar Hamlin. Get a little taste of what he sounds like, what he looks like. Um, he is 24 years old, born in 1998. Um, was a six-round draft pick in the 2021 draft. 
Um, Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh drafted him. Right? DeMar, Correct. Demar Hamlin is a tough mother. You know how small that guy is. Could yeah, be playing in there with some yoked up monsters. <laughs> I mean, these guys are yoked up. Look how small that guy is. You know he's got a heart big as a fucking mountain. You don't even have to to be that small to be able to play that game and be as physical as I know he has to be. That dude is heart biggest. And so if there's any chance he survived, survives this, it's because of what that ticker he's got inside of. Yeah, man, this is. We're praying for you, Demar. We're praying for you. Yeah, indeed. The NFL statement uh, says tonight's Bills-Bengals game has been postponed after Buffalo Bills' Demar Hamlin co collapse. NFL Commissioner Roger Gooden announced this was posted about 15 minutes ago now. Hamlin received immediate medical attention on the field by the team and independent medical staff and local paramedics. He was then transported to a local hospital where he is in critical condition. Our thoughts are with Demar and the Buffalo Bills. We will provide more information as it becomes available. The NFL has been in constant communication with the NFL Players Association, which is in agreement with postponing the game. That's the NFL's statement for their PR department. Robbie yeah. is saying the sideline reporter is in tears right now. Yeah. The uh, Monday night uh, reporter, uh, forgetting her name, but yeah, she's definitely in she tears. She is right now. in tears, yeah, for sure. I'm watching that too. Leo Factor says Fox Sports should release Skip Bayless tonight. I, I agree, I, Leo. Fuck that dude. Fire. Yeah, they, they, they ain't going to do that with I'm how much game. they would have to pay him. But I, uh, it would be a good idea for them to suspend him, you know, without pay. Maybe they can get away with that under the contract because, you know, you should you should really be very fucking careful when you before you hit that send button, man, because a lot of times you Although, do you believe that there are God, people that don't have a soul and don't have normal human emotion? Yeah, I I do believe that. I do believe <laughs> you have to be you have to be somewhere in that category. Yeah, I do too. I, I think that he is in that category. <laughs> I really do. Skip Bayless. Yeah, he, you know, um, and maybe he is, I, maybe he isn't. I don't know, but I do believe brains come in a lot of different forms and, and, and sizes and, 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 and a lot of different neurons and stuff. And sometimes those neurons get in the way, and that's how you get serial killers. That's how you get, you know, a, a narcissist is somebody that doesn't have a, a, a self conscious president one day. <laughs> you can interpret that as you want, chat room. <laughs> some people are going to say Obama, some people Trump. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of, now, there are a lot of people with heavy wagers and shit out there that, you know, that being said, there's a world out there that exists that, that that's out there. That's a part of our culture and our society. Yep. That being said, who cares? Mm-hmm. I mean, you bet your your whole farm and your whole existence on this game. How many people done that? You know what I mean. Right. So I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't. That argument, a game versus a man's life, who's got a family and whatever else he's got going on, man. Miss me with all of that shit. I'm not interested in hearing it. Sixth round draft pick, trying to make it in the NFL. 
Man. I mean, it's, 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 you know, you're lucky to get there, right? Putting everything lucky lucky to get man. there. You were everything. drafted. Yeah. How big yeah. is that dude? That dude can't be no more than about 180 pounds. No, he's actually uh, 200 pounds, six foot tall. So he's really? got some strength behind him, according to ESPN stats. Yes. Wow. Um, he's about I, your size, Nomad. I think he might be. Are you confusing him with the Denver guy whose last name is Hamler, spelled? spelled I might be, man, because that's a that's a pretty dinky dude. I might be. Yeah, the 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 guy who he's uh, uh, like a scat back specialty gadget wide receiver with the Broncos. He's about five nine, five ten, super fast, super athletic. I I, I got them confused too. That's why I think you're exactly right, although I think that it was exactly who I was thinking about. Yeah, here is. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Kitty. Can you just pull up Adeptus Ser- or Serpentus last? His last chat because he says this perfectly. Lord bless this man. The caretakers whose healing hands and minds are needed this night. Give comfort to his family and brothers. Bring us closer and more appreciative of the gift of life. Amen. Excellent, Amen, excellent phrase there, Adeptus. Thank you so much for your kind words. That's actually makes me feel better by reading it. So thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, indeed, man. Perfectly said. That's interrupt you, um, no man. Or Aldo, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say on the topic, you know, how this might impact the NFL. Well, I'm looking at a tweet now from a guy named Andy Nesbitt, who is a podcast host, and he writes: Imagine a coworker friend of yours needing CPR for nine minutes. Oops, I lost the page. Uh, for nine minutes in your office, and then after your boss was like, ah, take five minutes, everyone, then get back to work. That's basically what the NFL just tried to do, total garbage. So, uh, Mr. Shorty, I think part of what you were saying is it, now the league is going to be under scrutiny for how they handled. We weren't watching because we were doing the show. Uh, right. But every, that's going to be totally scrutinized. You know, why the delay? Why, you know, did it seem like maybe, you know, why, why did it take so long or to get the ambulance? All, all these questions are going to come up. Uh, and they're going to oh, learn from this because if anything like this ever happens again, they're just going to pull the feed, right? They'd be like, well, hey, yeah. <laughs> the black screen. Well, that's that's a good question. If you are uh, ESPN and you've paid, you know, a billion dollars for the rights to telecast that, would you want them to cut off the feed? When it comes down to one fucking game of the billion dollars that you paid for that, absolutely, because you're going to make it back up by, you know, uh, rescheduling the game like they're about to do. So what they should have probably done at the moment was just kill all the feed and go – Game is temporarily temporarily suspended due to injury or blah blah blah, and, and that's probably what's going to happen in the future. That I, I, I would see that they're going to develop from this kind of protocol that they're going to learn from. That's a good point. What do you think, Nomad? Do you think that uh, the ESPN should have killed their feed, or the NFL should have killed the feed? No, but I have I have a separate question for you two guys. Mm-hmm. Does anybody, either one of you guys, know CPR? Yes. Okay. So I do. You know CPR. Yes. Imagine, imagine, in the cycle of a, you're doing the compressions and the breathing and all that stuff. Imagine nine minutes. <laughs> How long? Is that? It's forever. It's, long. It's, forever. it's about it's about as long for your brain to be come dead, 
to where if you do bring that person back to life, they're going to have brain issues, if not be brain dead. And then you're then you're you're putting that person on. I, I'm sure adeptus can. I, that's to this. That that's once, the part that, that bothers me. Excuse me. I believe it's like around the nine minute period, actually, that if you have no heartbeat for nine minutes, I, I believe that that becomes a point of brain dead. And then if you do, if you're able to actually bring that person back after that point, it's not. Yeah. Thank you. Adeptus. Nine, nine minutes isn't a bad downtime. OK, so so what is it? 15 minutes. So maybe it's 15 minutes then. They specifically said nine minutes. Why? Okay. Why? Why put that number out there? And and um, yeah, I don't I don't agree this time with adeptus because that's a long fucking time if somebody's not breathing. But I actually I think the adeptus, if you can correct me uh, on this, I think it or correct my previous statement. I think it's fifteen minutes, right? So past fifteen minutes, you are completely brain dead if they bring you back. So nine minutes would be the halfway point. You're still within that, as he was saying, it's not a bad downtime. So hopefully there's still in, there was still enough time they were able to revive him, that they're able to remain uh, brain consciousness, you know, and keep him alive and functioning after this if they can bring him back fully. Yeah, and I and I hear you, Adeptus. You you. If you do that for a living and you have to actually go through those cycles, yeah, I can understand why it's it's 30 minutes before you can declare somebody, but it's a football player on a football field. Nine yeah. minutes of, of CPR is a long fucking time. I mean, I, I don't discount what you're saying, and I know, I believe that you know what you're talking about probably more than I do, but I just think that's a long time. Yeah, I, um, I'm trying to collect some information here. Uh, how long should CPR be done? Uh, there should be five sets of 30 chest compressions to two breaths in about two minutes. So uh, nine minutes does sound like a long time. Can yes. you do CPR for 30 minutes? Overall, victims still have the greatest chance of survival within 16 to 24 minutes of witnessed cardiac arrest. However, more studies are showing that when a person meets certain criteria, we should be performing CPR for 30, 30 to 45 minutes, maybe even an hour to give the victim the best chance of survival. So heavy stuff, man. Which heavy, doesn't heavy happen unless, unless you got some really committed uh, uh, personnel on that shift that day. You know, mm -hmm. really doesn't mm -hmm. happen. Nobody's going to spend that that amount of time unless you have really committed people. Right. Well, I got to believe and that. They do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's not like you're taking the local shitty hospital down the road that doesn't know how to handle people, you know. Mm -hmm. Been there, done that. So he's, he's getting the top, um, you know, uh, care that he could get from the NFL and everyone involved in all that, you know. Last positive thoughts. Yes, last positive thoughts. <laughs> Indeed. I think Indeed. we should just shift to what, what people in the chat are saying, what they're feeling about this whole thing, and just respond to them. Yeah, that's a great idea. 
I agree because everyone here is blowing up in chat what the, what they have to say about this tonight, and it's it's you know it's kind of overtaken the whole Bears centric podcast because who gives a fuck? So let's just see what you guys have to say about this. Well, I love having hear. you. I, I love having you here, although because I can take another piss. <laughs> <laughs> you go. You go take care of business. Make sure you wash your hands before you touch your penis. Is what your wife told me. That's right, you dirty motherfucker. Oh, 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 oh I got you. <laughs> okay. I'm going to... <laughs> 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 I'm going to mute myself. I'll be right back. Eldo, you're lucky because, Eldo, Eldo, you're allowed to drink scotch, so you don't have <laughs> yes. to take a piss every 20 minutes because I'm drinking the goddamn basic bitches, which is what I'm allowed to drink. And uh, I'm not going to give you the brand, but they make you piss. I'll be right back. Yeah, I hear you. Um, and that this says only nine minutes of CPR is actually a really good sign because I'm factoring in the amount of time it would take for the paramedics to get on the field. They only worked him for a few minutes beforehand. So uh, they got pulses back, which is an excellent indicator of good outcomes. Oh, great. That is promising, brother. Thank you for sharing that. I hope and, he's right. Uh, yeah, he was directly taken to a trauma center. Now, we know, you know, that the NFL always, or not always, but the last few years, they've done things differently than in the past history of this sport. They have improved a lot of their rapid response to players who are injured. And, you know, if it's a neck injury, to put them in certain traction, you know, how, how careful they were with Tevin Jenkins' neck neck injury two weeks ago. He was immediately removed from the game. And so, they, they you know, they're very, very cautious. And so let's hope that they've taken every positive measure tonight to ensure that this guy is going to live and uh, – and not have any repercussions from uh, perhaps you know bad care or inappropriate care. So I'm 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 uh, keeping my my spirits up and uh, and praying for the man. My wife has been texting me. You know she saw it and she's praying now. She's a, a woman of uh, deep faith and heavy prayer. And uh, you know I'm not an overly religious person, but I'll say this. Um, I believe in the power of prayer. I believe that when everybody puts their minds together and speaks in unison, they can make something happen. And so, you know, we should all do that for Mr. Hamlin right now and think about his family and stuff, folks. So um, it's definitely a weird thing to go through. I believe the best case scenario for him and his care, and Mm -hmm. I mean specifically his care, is that the world is watching. It happened on a nationally televised game or a worldwide internationally televised game. These games get get broadcast everywhere. And this, his care, everybody is going to want to know what happened. Okay. What happened to that young man? What happened from when he went to the ground, when he was uh, attended to on the ground, when he got in that ambulance, when he got to the house, every level of the way, if something bad happens to that young man people are going to want to know and it's going to be everywhere so the best yep. thing that could have happened is it happened in a nationally televised game and people are interested in it yeah indeed uh it's getting worldwide attention now this is you know serious stuff 
We talked about the Chuck Hughes incident uh, from 1991. Uh, somebody posted this old newspaper at, uh, uh, article about it. It happened December, excuse me, October 25. Uh, oh, I don't know if you can see that. No. If uh, Kitty, can you put? Yeah, thank you. Um, so, autopsy shows heart attack killed Detroit Lions player. An autopsy today revealed Charles uh, Chuck Hughes, Chuck Hughes is as he was known uh, in football circles, 28-year-old flanker for the Lions suffered an acute coronary thrombosis, which caused his death yesterday in a game against the Chicago Bears. Dr. Edward Giese, the Lions team physician, said there was no evidence to connect Hughes' heart attack to the physical activity of the game. Giese also stated Hughes had not been on any medication or taken any pills or injections prior to the game. Now, I, I can tell you because I, I've done some reporting on this very story. Um, a week later, it was revealed that Chuck Hughes was complaining to his wife and to team officials that he was having chest pains. Uh, in fact, I see that subtitle there, Complains of Pain. I'll read on. Hughes had expressed concern to teammates and writers ever since he was injured in a crushing tackle in the Buffalo game September 4th. He finished the contest but complained afterward of pain in his chest, shoulders, and abdomen. And that goes to what you were saying, Nomad, when you said, you know, they're going to question, you know, everything that he did in the uh, hours and even days leading up to the game to see if they can come up with some uh, uh, response, some some answer as to what happened to this young man, because uh, he was he certainly delivered a big hit, and he looked like he was fine. And then as soon as he got to his feet, he wavered and, and down he went. So, but some stuff to perhaps learn from history. That was back in 1971. I I still uh, not had any uh, uh, sexual relations in 1971. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> there's a there's a part of this article that you read and it said and I can't remember exactly what part of it because I can't see it, but mm -hmm. it says you said something about there's no evidence that you know he had some kind of I can't exactly remember what you said. Yeah, but it yeah. sounded like the NFL wanted that part in there. Yep. You better believe it. You better believe it. That's exactly what I thought too. It's like make sure you put in that first or second paragraph that there was no, you know, they were thinking about, you know, and, and and I lived through those days. I do have to tell you that the NFL was really, really ignorant about the damages they were doing to those players. And they overlooked it. There were books written about it. There were movies, oh, major motion oh, no, picture update. movies. Looks like we got an update. Oh, okay. Vitals are back. Yes, Eric Banal. Always there. Update on Tabar. His vitals are back to normal, and they have put him to sleep to put a breathing tube down his throat. They are currently running tests. We will provide updates as we have them. Thank you, Eric. Yes. What do vitals mean for you guys? Uh, blood, as well? pr blood pressure, right? Uh, heartbeat. Uh, blood pressure, all heartbeat, uh, oxygen levels, things like that. They're they're back to normal. So I'm sure Adeptus can. Uh, give us some more info on that, but I think that's correct. That's, that's he, pretty much everything that makes you live. <laughs> but if you got a breathing tube down his throat, does that what does that tell you about his status? Yeah, that's that's a good. Uh, uh, Adeptus says pulse, blood pressure, oxygen saturation. So 
they might they intubated him with the prying down his throat just to make sure they give him enough oxygen, you know, so he can breathe. And and Eric Bonow, Bonow, the one that provided the update, he's giving you his source. Yeah, I retweeted um, by Aaron Lemming. Thank you, Eric. For for people yeah. that are listening in uh, uh, the audio versions of this podcast, we're trying to keep you updated. Yeah, um, I know Aaron is a good source for for information. Uh, he's not a uh, he's not a paid member of the media in terms of news, but he does write uh, for one of the local blogs and has broken some news in the past. So uh, if he's sharing that, I'm sure that uh, it's a legitimate source. So when, um, I, when I came back from the, the pisser, I saw some people in chat talking about just, I think it was Cliff. He's like someone saying, know your hospitals and that kind of thing. And that's absolutely true because if, if you mm -hmm. have a couple of hospitals in your area, you better do your research on which one's the best because Good sometimes point. you can end up at the wrong one. And in this case, where we live in Florida, I think they would have a like an acute hospital system for all the old people that are down here, you know? And they don't. Mm -hmm. And they build a new one, and it's crap. And they build a new one, and it's crap. So um, it, this, that's a good point to bring up there in chat. Pay attention to that kind of stuff, guys. Especially, you know, when you get up into the older ages, you know, like Aldo. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> really older. Can anybody confirm what what uh, Eric put out there? Does any did anybody else see that? Yeah, I'm I'm looking at it right now. Uh, so if you're referring to the update about his vitals, uh, that was a retweet from an account held by Jordan Rooney, who is the CEO of Jaster Athletes. He's a personal brand coach. Uh, in the NCAA. So I'm assuming that Jordan might have some relationship with DeMar. Uh, he, oh, he goes on to say, the source is me, Jordan Rooney. I'm his friend and marketing representative. So uh, so Jordan uh, sounds like this is totally legit if he's putting that out there and uh, and letting people know that he's the source and why he's the source. So that's that's encouraging. Good news. Wow. Good news there, Eldo. Wow. I mean, he's got he's he's probably received some superhero care. Plus he's got a big ass heart. I know he does. Mm -hmm. And Lord, 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 that's I'm so if, if that's true, I'm so relieved. He's not out the water, y'all. Just just mm -hmm. He's not out of the woods. I mean, he's not out of the woods yet, but it's a good sign. It appears to me it's a good sign. Mm -hmm. He's got something to stand on here. Robert Griffin III uh, retweeted the Skip Bayless tweet and added to it, Damar Hamlin's life is in the balance. Get your head out of your ass. That's Robert Griffin III, who is a commentator at ESPN telling Skip Bayless, the former ESPN star who is now uh, over at Fox regarding uh, Bayless's insensitive tweet about how are they going to reschedule this game? Oh, Jesus Skip, you know what, man, that, that guy for years I've been trying because because he comes across sometimes as such a understanding guy. 
I did, I know I, I some of the outlier things he's said and done, especially some of the stuff recently. Fucking Skip is Skip is a guy that I love to I, Skip is a guy that I love to read but not watch. I think that's the best way that I can summarize him. If it back in the day when he was making articles for the Tribune, he was a good read. But when he when you put him on camera, and he's a dick, then he now he's like he's gotten more into his his reads are now not matching up to like he's he's hit that next level right where he thinks he's like invincible in a way because he's on this talk show with uh, what's his name from um, the, the Broncos the tight end Sh- from the Broncos Shannon Sh- 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 Sharp yeah yeah and uh, it, it he's like one of those guys where his fucking head got too big for himself he started off writing good shit on the Tribune. And then he, he got on television and he became this big-headed prick. And now, like, I'm just I'm done listening to whatever he has to say. And I hope he kind of ruined his career tonight with what he said because fuck that shit. Mm-hmm. That's so sad, man. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of guys in the business who find that one thing that, oh, this is what can catapult me into being a star. I'll act like an asshole. And there's been a lot of people who have done that. Those are the people I respect least in the business, you know. I know, and I love, I love how you like brought uh, Aldo. <laughs> Thank you <laughs> for Dan Weederer. I mean, you got Dan Weederer on there on your show, and you just you gave it to him. You gave him the question. You did it so professionally. You're such a Thank great you. interviewer, and how you how you did it, and and you you. Got him to answer the hard questions, and he's such a fucking professional. He answered them correctly. Yeah. But thank you, Swifty. Seriously, you could do that. Uh, try to get who we're talking about right now. I'm, I'm losing my train of thought. But just get him, get him on the show. Talk to him. Try to get yeah. him on the show. You can do it. I know you can. I'll, I'll, Interview. I'll, uh, I would love to see get, it. I'm on it. <laughs> Mike Diaz wants us to post that clip of, uh, I, I don't think that, that's probably not a good idea. I think, you know, there's so many people, Mike, uh, and this is this is uh, not my decision because this is a joint venture with Bears Country Podcast and uh, the Barroom Network, but Bears Country Podcast has ed- editorial control over this show. Uh, so it's his decision. But I think there are so many people saying, don't show the clip that out of respect for those people, we, we, we should not. It's easily available on Twitter. It can be found there. But uh, I think uh, Mr. Shorty has made the decision not to not to show it. Listen, uh, this, What's it worth? I, I, I'm sitting here with with my man, Nomad, and he's a, a former, you know, Division One college football player. And that's far greater than I've ever accomplished in my football career. And him saying that he doesn't want to see that replayed, that's enough for me. Um, I think that's, I think that should be enough for, for everybody else too. And like you said, Aldo, you can find that anywhere on the internet. Keep just go look at right now because it might be gone tomorrow, but you might be able to find it right now. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I just don't think it's proper to show it. It's kind of like that, you know that Zach Miller injury that you just you just don't want to see over and over again having this or you know you know the uh, the Joe Theismann injury or anything like that you just don't want to see that and uh, this is much 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 fucking worse than that so Mr. Shorty go find it on all, your own time 
Mr. Shorty and Aldo. I think there for a good while there have been there's been too many people for the sake of content providing and just wanting to boost their billion and just wanting right. to boost their their Put image pay. and whatever that are willing to do anything for shop value. And, about I'm, and I'm one of those people who who feels like I'm willing to not do so many things for shop value. I don't I don't I don't want my anything that's coming to me as far as a blessing, whether it be monetary, something fame, whatever it might be, I don't want it that way. I want to be able to appreciate how I got it or how it came came to me. And I don't want to do shit for shock value. You want you right. If you want that shit, go elsewhere and get it. Right. It's easy. You know where to find it. Go find it there. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it, uh, I, I'm glad that we're having this discussion because there has been um, over, you know, again, talking as the oldest man in the room and the oldest man in North America, um, <laughs> I, I do remember a time where civility was the first and foremost thing that people would make when they're making business decisions. And then all of a sudden, you know, somebody makes a million dollars with some sensational headlines and then it happens on TV and so forth. And now it, and now it's permeated social media where you see a lot of questionable things being put out there. And the primary motive is I put it up there first or, wow, look at this, you know, auto accident and, and stuff. And, and it's more to get attention for yourself as it is for legitimate sharing of information and that you know I, I think from as a former journalist i worked for seven years at wbbm tv doing some news reporting i had to do a crash course in journalism because i really had no formal education for it so from the news reporters that i worked with in a newsroom they would you know teach me what are some of the journalistic ethics things that i had to follow and i'll tell you what man today's newsrooms are totally fucking different. They're much more TMZ, what is called yellow journalism, sensationalism journalism, and it's uh, a lot less serious, in-depth reporting. I used to work at a time where we would do four or five minute news stories on a topic. Now it's 60 seconds, 70 right. seconds. Because there's so many different places everyone is able to get their information from now, right? With all the people putting out their social media information and their videos and the information that's coming out, just you're able to now they're using that as a secondary or third uh, form of content that they're able to pull from. And that just adds to it even more. Right. It makes it even it's got to be impossible to keep up with. Hey, right. hey, Shorty, if you and I were witness with cameras and a phone to Aldo getting mauled by a pack of wild hyenas on a safari, which which one of us would be the first one to put that tape out there? <laughs> Neither of us, because I've been trying to help his ass. <laughs> it's that asshole with the camera. You're like, why are you fucking helping that guy? There's like, I, I remember seeing a, a video. My, of, my, my sense of humor, my sense of humor is coming back. I'm feeling like the guy might be okay, but yeah. I remember seeing a fucking video of like an 85 year old man on a bus, and some, someone, I think it was a woman, kicking him out of the bus, and he like fell. He was on the first, you know, he had to go down those two steps to get out of the fucking bus. And he was about to make the first step. And he was like, and she kicked him right in the back. And he went face down past all the steps in the bus 
right into the fucking curb on his face. Stop and I'm lying. Thinking, I'm not going to. If he's getting mauled, he's on his own. Where, where is the fucking crowd kicking that person's fucking ass on video? Mm-hmm. Like, why are you videoing that? You should be you should be stopping it from happening. God damn, man. What the fuck is wrong with this society? Let's go tonight. Build a game. Yeah. You know? I remember when I was in college, I took this whole philosophical class about you know obtaining uh what was called at the time uh true film true video you know you're shooting something that is real so for instance if you are assigned to shoot a war you're a cameraman and you're working for the war and all of a sudden a show a a soldier falls right in front of you are you going to take the shot of his last breaths dying which is what you're supposedly being paid for or are you going to drop the camera and start performing cpr and try to save that life and the discussion that went on after that was fascinating. It was like half the room saying, I'm, that's my job to tape it. Uh, somebody else should be, you know, t- uh, saving his life. And the other people were like, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> of course you would drop the camera and try to save his life. It was you're not, wild. You're, you're not filming fucking, you know, the uh, Disney or the Discovery Wild channel, you know, where you're watching a snake eat a goddamn rabbit. You know, you're... Yeah. <laughs> you're 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 in a live situation. You should you should take the the freaking humane way out and try to save the fucking person. I mean, what does that yeah. come down to when you are trying to do your job above and before trying to help someone live? If I'm mm-hmm. watching, if I'm watching Aldo getting mauled, I ain't gonna lie to you, Aldo. I'm I'm gonna throw some rocks at them <laughs> at least. Get your ass off, Aldo. Get off him. If they start coming out, then I'm right. And you're a good guy, my buddy. <laughs> well, I, gotta I, be, I gotta be honest with you. If it were to happen to me, I might want to position the camera where I can get a good shot of me being the hero and saving this guy's life. <laughs> <laughs> Like my mother said, what you going to do if you got a gun and ain't got no bullets? Hey, you better throw that motherfucker at him at least. <laughs> Turn into a hammer. <laughs> that is great advice your mom gave you there. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Somebody I'm glad you're able to laugh again. Yeah, really, it's like Adepta says humor is good and very healthy way to cope with, with stuff like this, man. And you're right. You know, when stuff like this happens, it, it, it brings it brings you back to reality. We're all humans. We're all, you know, made of yeah. with flesh and blood and so forth. And those those of us who send out, yeah, those of <laughs> us who send tweets out that we're worried about rescheduling the game is is not not a good thing. I don't know if Bayless has retracted that or um, issued an apology, but he certainly deserves every, to everyone on social media an apology. Let me uh, see if he's posting uh, anything. Uh, Swifty says, <laughs> "I'm so glad I came here. You guys made me laugh." Swifty, uh, thank you so much for saying that because. That means a lot coming from you, man. You you've been kicking some fucking ass over there on your Swifty Sports Network, and uh, seriously, man, applaud to you, dude. You must be uh, you must have quit your job by now because you are kicking some fucking serious ass. And 
Anyone who doesn't know who he is by now, go check him out. You, you've been, you've been hey, laying the pipe, buddy. Hey, Swift, if I see somebody fucking you up in the streets, all I can do, I might throw a <laughs> bottle at them motherfuckers or something. <laughs> but that's it. I'm running right after that. <laughs> I'll be Put like, your wet ass, your wet Swift. ass snowman ass. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be swift. I'll be right back. I'm gonna go for help. Hey, I'll be right back. Y'all making me piss, man. <laughs> and then you find me at the bar, you know, having a drink. Oh shit, there's something I forgot to do. <laughs> you can tell who's drinking beer or seltzers on this show, and who's drinking uh, liquor because you're not the one pissing it yet, Eldo. <laughs> I got this. Hey. Got this from Christmas for my sister-in-law, and I'm like, "What? Why the fucking tiny bottle? <laughs> what the fuck? Grab it to the big forty-five dollar like, bottle." <laughs> they come in all these different shapes. You're like, "Well, that can't be a seven fifty. It's got to be a two fifty, right? No, that's a seven fifty. How is that even? That's it's weird how they shape the bottles and it's all the same size." <laughs> yeah, it's really weird. Swift. I'm not. I'm just kidding, man. You're. I'm dying for my brothers. Uh, that's one thing that you know. I have I have stayed up at night. Have you ever guys stayed up at night and think about heroic moments that you could do? You know, save somebody's life. You know, do something mm -hmm. heroic. I fucking yeah. fantasize about that all the time. I always fall asleep by the time I rescue the person or whatever. But <laughs> when I think about it, Swift, you're in my dreams. <laughs> you ever you ever have a dream where you're like trying where, where someone's I have a, I have this dream all the time where someone's chasing me. And I'm being, and I'm like running for my life. And then I have a gun on me and I go out, I go to like actually save my life when someone's about to shoot me with their gun. And I'm like, why doesn't this, the trigger like doesn't oh, pull every wow. time in the dream. It, or it's yeah. like, if, you ever have those dreams where you're, where you're trying to dial the, uh, the number from, you're in a frantic moment and you have to dial someone's phone number and you're like, six, five, seven, eight, six, five, two, five. Uh, fuck! Ah. It's not that. It's, it's eight, three, five, six, seven, four, five. Fuck! Why can't I do this? You know, and th th those dreams are like the ones that like fuck you up the most because you wake up the next day. You're like, how? How could I not remember my own mother's or my own wife's phone number? I mean, mm -hmm. I, obviously nobody can remember anyone's numbers anymore. But I'm talking about back. You know, this is a, this is a dream I had years ago. <laughs> no man, you had dreams like that where you feel a sense of hopelessness. I did. What is it? Oh, I thought you were taking a shit. Okay, you're back. Oh, he's what back. happened? Uh, I, I was just wondering if you ever had dreams like uh, Shorty just described, where you have this feeling that you're trying to help someone, and and it's a feeling of helplessness. Like he was saying that he has a gun and he's trying to fire it for self defense or to help somebody, and the gun the isn't trigger, working. The trigger won't pull, or like you're trying to dial a phone number to to. Because you're trying to dial like your 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 mother to save her life or whoever, and you you're like eight five every, six seven. You can't dial every, the number. Every motherfucking week trying to explain football to Bears fans. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so it, it appears that it's Dan that needs the therapy session. So uh, <laughs> so Dan, uh, look into the circle. Let me uh, okay. put that up. look into the circle and just focus on the center of the screen, okay? How, wait, first off, how are you taking over my fucking stream yard? <laughs> You've given me the power. <laughs> this fucking guy is taking over my stream yard, kitty. How does this happen? Okay, I'm looking. I'm looking. 
You right, gonna have your not. ass walking a plank with a blindfold and a cigarette in a few minutes. <laughs> All right. That's what I was gonna say, no man. He stole it when, from me. <laughs> when we're done with this, when we're done with this, I have one for you, Aldo. Okay, I'm right. I, I gotta give it. I gotta turn it over. All I see is an X. I see it. All I see looking into this is an X. Okay. So Nomad, if I stare at it, Nomad has that therapy voice, those deep pipes. Won't you take over and hypnotize him, and and uh, and, and and help Dan, right. Mister Shorty, get over this feeling of helplessness that he has? Okay. okay. Listen to me, motherfucker. Keep your ass still in that chair. Put your right finger, index finger on your nose. Because that motherfucker is big and we don't need to see it. Stand up. I'll, co I'll, cover, I'll cover it up. All right, Stand ready? up. Walk left. Walk left and never come back, you motherfucker. <laughs> wow, well done. Wait, wait. Can I, can I come back yet? Wait. <laughs> I grabbed my balls. I grabbed my balls out of security. Is that okay? <laughs> are you wearing your? Uh, grab my balls. Are, are you wearing uh, that uh, new product that you were help you helped develop uh, to stop uh, peeing on your pants? <laughs> oh, Kitty, please, play, please, Kitty, please play the uh, commercial. Our sponsor. There you go. Greetings. I'm Doctor Dick Richards. Have you ever thought you were done going pee pee? Only moments later to find a drip or two or three in your underwear? Have you ever felt ashamed? Well, feel ashamed no more. Even the iconic legendary musician Elvis Presley has had his own share of drippy dip. For all the males and the day, them, there, though, thou arts out there. Anyone with a dip. I've invented a revolutionary patented design called Drippy Dicks. Our state-of-the-art patented design can absorb up to two and a half cups of pee-pee. adhesive side down in your banana hammock. Watch Drippy Dicks go to work. The banana hammock is still dry. Just look at that absorption. Drippy Dicks. Made by a dick for a dick. Drippy Dicks. Man, what you guys, the fuck is you doing, man? You guys have got to get yourself a box of drippy dicks. Although I know you could use those. You know, every time you you take a piss and you think you're done, you know, and you put your dick away, and all of a sudden you get a dribble that it's like a eighth of a cup. Like a, it's it's like two teaspoons, maybe one. Come on, you got You got to get into those drippy dicks. And Jay Sanders, yeah. drippy dicks three thousand. You have dick disasters and shit. You got you got to buy into the drippy dicks because they're gonna, just, just going to get better and better over time. With the more, <laughs> the more and more people buy into it, it's going to get better and better over time. I like you, it. You need to go and mummify that motherfucker, wrap that motherfucker up or something. What you doing, man? You made a whole commercial because your dick be getting wet and shit. <laughs> what you doing, man? <laughs> what are you? Uh, what are you doing, man? <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> it's a topic, man. This is, this is the stuff that white people go through. Why, why are my nuts in the toilet water? Come on. And Swifty is right. Dick. I got. I, and Swifty is right. I got drippy dick all over my camera and everything else. <laughs> you gotta so. have your drippy dicks for when your nuts drop in the water. When you over over tinkle yourself. When you put your dick back in your panties, your man panties. You know. 
Yeah. It's a, they're it's our sponsor. So, uh, man, man my big boy is watching that. If you go on Amazon, <laughs> if you go on Amazon, you can uh, sign up for uh, the subscription to get Drippy Dicks. If you uh, put in the uh, the code Barroom Network or Bears Country Podcast, either one of them, you'll get uh, a twenty percent discount on your first year. How about another commercial and call me Dick? Call me Dick Dollar. My Dick Dick one. Big, big, big one for you. <laughs> I can see it now. He's walking into a room. I put a money He's suit on. He's walking into a room and you think he's got a big belly, but no, those are that's his dick all curled up into a big ball. <laughs> oh, I, I love your, your advice though, Aldo. You said your advice was ah, because the original video of that was two minutes long, and you're like, My advice to you is this too long. And I was like, Yep, you're right. <laughs> I, I cut it down into a minute. A no, minute was good. hard. It was hard to make it a minute, but I, I know, right? When yeah. you when you my gosh, I've been in so many situations where I edit something together and it's like, you know what? I feel it that it's too long, but I don't want to fucking touch a thing, a single picture. I don't. If you guys I, want to see the full two-length version, you can go to what is now Bears Country Productions and you can go to the search in the videos. You can see the full two-minute version of that. It's fucking hilarious. <laughs> hey. I've had a bad enough life. You ever seen? You ever you ever seen a, a heroin addict's hands? Yeah. Yes. Somebody that shoots up. What do they look like? They're all swollen up and big yeah. and shit. Yeah, the veins are all like yeah. Because exactly. because you know normally a person that does that they start off in their hands and in their feet and toes and all that shit. Where people and can't then ends up it ends up in their veins. But then what happens after that when you run out of veins? There, where do you end? Mm-hmm. What do you end up with? Nah. Right in the main vein there, there? Nah, go down a little low, Drippy. Oh. Ooh, I, seen a guy, I seen a guy tied up, me and my friends, when I was probably about eight, nine years old in, a, in an abandoned house, tied all up right there. And he was shooting them up. And that motherfucker noticed us. We were sneaking in there and watching him. He was like, and he was so fucking high, he couldn't even fucking really react because it was after he put the shot in. I'm gonna get you, motherfucker. He was cussing us out and he was trying to get up, but his ass couldn't. And he sat there and he shitted on himself. Oh, man. It stunk so goddamn bad, man. This this is bad shit that I'm sharing with you guys that no kids. It's gonna be train spotting. Kind of shit that kids shouldn't see, man. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I I never did drugs because of that motherfucker. Plus, you were playing sports. You should not have been doing drugs. Yeah, that too. But you know, I I made some choices as a young a young boy that I was never gonna be that guy tying up my dick with a string. <laughs> tying up my dick with a string. <laughs> it's the truth, man. Steve Phillips, that's crazy. Thanks for joining us, Steve Phillips. He's my cousin. All right, we we killing Hi, the chat, Stevie. man. Let's get back to some. Stevie's some my cousin. Shit. Just want you guys to know that. <laughs> He finally comes in fucking three hours later. Thanks for joining us, Steve. You fucking worthless cousin. Got any updates, man? Anything, <laughs> anything further than what we heard recently? Well, there is a, a tweet from a gentleman named Jake List, who is the senior uh, Associated Press Digital. He's writing an open tweet to T. Higgins, and he writes, Dear T. Higgins, you are loved. You are so loved. You are important. You are not 
to blame. You are so much more than a game. You are a human being. You are a son and you are a beloved family member of Huday Nation. Please stay strong. So I can, we talked about that briefly earlier. It, it, it's, it's, you know, T. Higgins must be going through a really tough time. Yeah. I think somebody in the chat first said it and Nomad, you echoed it. So our hearts are also going out to T. Higgins, uh, everyone, on, anyone who was on that field and truly anyone who has played this very dangerous game, you know, you guys have done something that few of us have, had, uh, have, ha have done, which is put your life on the line, put your extremities on the line. You know, I was alive for the Chuck Hughes death. I was alive for the Daryl Stingley paralysis when Jack Tatum hit him over the middle and he's... Uh, was paralyzed for for the rest of his life from the neck down. I've seen these horrible, horrible accidents, and so I can appreciate what the professional and amateur athlete goes through, uh, you know, to give us entertainment, uh, really. And so we should never lose sight of that. You know, although I'm glad I appreciate that, man. I really do. And you know, when you start this stuff at an early age, you, you get coaches echoing things to you. And some of this stuff, you know, it, it flies right over your head and goes through your ears. And some of this shit sticks to you. And some of the stuff that stuck to me, you know, through the years is, hey, man, this, this, the primary premise of football is absolute violence. Mm -hmm. It's absolute violence. Everything about it is violent. And you need to play that way. Okay, coach, what if I hit somebody too? This is what young kids. I don't want to hit nobody. I don't want to hurt him. No. Run into him and put him on his ass. If it hurts him, so be it. You're taught that at an early age. And when you rise to the level and get to where this young man was at, he understood fully what this game was about and what he was putting on the line. And I'm not excusing any of the violence of the sport for what happened, but it's a, the, the fact of the matter is this is what you sign up to do and the the repercussions from it could possibly cost you your life and and sometimes that's not really you know prevalent in most people's you can't think about it when you're playing the game or you won't play it well or even worse that where your actions cause someone else's life yeah 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 i was a pretty violent young man i was really violent when it came to football it was just to me, it was just a license to be as violent as I wanted to be. Mm -hmm. And that's at first, that's what I looked at the game as before I became skilled and refined at what I did. It was about violence. And it was that's what it was for me. That was the attraction. Leo mm -hmm. Fecker says the University of Cincinnati Medical Center's public relations will be holding a press conference on the status of Demar Hamlin. No time given yet. So thank you very much for that, Leo Fecker. We appreciate everyone in the chat's update. <clears throat> Go Say that one more time. Go back to it, okay. The University of Cincinnati Medical Center's public relations will be holding a press conference on the status of Demar Hamlin. No time given yet. So oh, uh, just appreciate the updates for everyone in chat who has been involved in this the entire time. It's been uh, you guys have been amazing. Thank you so much for your input on this because you know we're running a show here, and uh, you're able to, to kind of do things that we're not able to do without losing attention to the show so we really do appreciate you very much for that so thank you i, I see swift up there saying that uh he hopes that t 
isn't blaming himself. He didn't do anything, man. The, the reality of it is Swift, whether he – it doesn't really matter to him at this point. He's having an emotional – apparently he's probably having an emotional situation from all of this. And it's and it's and it's natural, yeah. you know. If you're involved in an incident that may cost somebody their life, that's going to be a natural reaction. So, you know, that's something he's going to have to deal with. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently, uh, T. Higgins uh, looked very distraught as he exited the locker room and uh, saw his mother outside the locker room and gave her a long embrace. Other than that, he has not said anything publicly. Uh, there are no reports that he has said anything publicly. Um, the assumption, and rightfully so, is that he's feeling bad about this. Uh, and yeah, like any human being that would be involved in an accident, whether you're responsible or not, it's natural for most of us to feel like, man, if I wasn't involved in a play, he probably would be all right. Whatever he's going through, it's probably not very easy, so our hearts go out to them. I got a, a text from uh, Dan Aguirre saying that the Buffalo Bills are leaving to the airport and uh, on a plane headed back home. So that probably dismisses the idea that there might be uh, a, a game tomorrow, uh, and that probably in hindsight now makes total sense because whatever has happened to this young man, uh, it doesn't make any sense to play a game you know, hours later. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, you know. Yeah, the, I mean, I, I, oh, never mind. It's, it's gone. I was going to read you what the NFL NFLPA was saying on the screen, but it's gone. Go ahead, come in. No, all I was going to say is, and I'm just focused on the human element of all of this. It's a game. It's a violent one, and all of us like to pretend that we're these tough people. And me, being from the from an impoverished area, growing up in the hood, I thought I was the toughest motherfucker in the world. You see death and shootings and you see all this stuff going on in real life and i used to beg my mother and my granddad for a bb gun for the about as long as i can remember finally got one at about 13 years old they didn't buy it but i got my hands on one and i and i cocked that thing i don't know how many times and i aimed at a bird and i hit that bird when that bird fell to the ground I had no idea what was coming after that. I did the same thing, though, man. Wow. I, w I was absolutely devastated. To this day, I think about it, and it bothers me. Me too. As tough as, tough as I man, I mean, you never know. I mean, in, in, in a given situation, I'll take a human the fuck out if he deserved it. But that bird had done nothing to me. I did the same fucking thing, and I feel the same human. way. I can't believe that that's... Human reaction is what's happening with T. Higgins right now, and I respect mm -hmm. it. Well um, it, sorry, go ahead. No, I'm just saying, well said. I mean, yeah, indeed. Uh, Eric, uh, excuse me, Eagle MD, this guy is a, a doctor, and he says that after cardiac arrest, a patient is cooled for 24 hours, during which time they are intubated and on a respirator, fully sedated. They will then decrease sedation to wake him up. Vitals, normal means his heart is now back into normal rhythm and functioning. This is all good news. And that was posted about 15 minutes ago Ego, at EgoMD3. So hopefully, hopefully that news has gotten only better since then. Uh, but yeah, this is 
this is a serious stuff. And as we were talking about earlier, I'm sure the Players Association is going to work with the league to review very, very carefully. Okay, what happened? Could this have been prevented? Could could we have responded faster? Whatever is necessary. And hopefully, you know, they're not doing it, for, you know, after, you know, something more serious like a funeral or anything like that. Um, apologize for not saying that in a in a in a more delicate way but uh, you know that really that's what we're dealing with here this has become a life and death situation for this player yeah. you know sometimes you know and i'm not a spiritual guy at all i'm not religious at, i'm a spiritual guy more than i am religious i'm not religious at all but you know i've heard so many times people in i've known people that have been in critical situations health-wise that mm -hmm. have come back from that that brink and i've heard different stories and to me from the things that i've gathered over the years is it's about whether or not you want it want it want it or not whether you want to be here or not and how bad are you willing to fight to stay here it, mm. it comes down to being that minute when it comes to your life and he could be in one of those moments right now whether it's mm. him his heart and his willingness to want to remain here and have a continued life you know it could be yeah. that simple indeed Yep. Um, wow. A friend of the bar room, Andrew Callahan, who's a writer for, uh, I believe it's the Boston Globe. He's been on the phone 55 a number of times. He has uh, said, he has tweeted, tonight's game ended because Sean McDermott and Zach Taylor walked their teams off the field. Then, after an hour and 10 minutes, the NFL made an announcement. That wasn't a decision. And so uh, this is my adding to what, Callahan tweeted, that wasn't a decision by the NFL. It appears like the Bills and Bengals forced their hand. We're, we're leaving. We're leaving. And so for Goodell to wait over an hour before issuing that statement that the game had been canceled, to me, is going to be heavily criticized and perhaps rightfully so. He's going to get some shit for that, for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He's not the right person to be at the helm of this league if he can't make that snap decision who knows who was in his ear jerry jones and the rest of the owners of the league the people that own you know stake in the game and the nfl and its brand who knows what who was in his ear but if you can't make that snap decision to say you know what you guys this is one i gotta make this call and this is on me whatever you guys think afterwards that's on me too this can't happen after this point that's a he's a pussy, and yeah. he's got to be one for it. It shouldn't take that long. A guy might have died and lost his life, and you have to really take that long to consider. Yep. And the coaches have to get to the point where they're pulling guys away from it and saying, "No, we're not doing this, regardless of what you say." You're a pussy. I'm sorry. Yep. Yeah. Jay Sanders has written that people are calling for Skip Bayless to be fired. What do you guys think? Should he be fired Absolutely. or suspended? Absolutely. Yes, suspended. It's, yeah. it's time. It's time. Put his ass on notice. Yeah, you, you gotta. You have to be more. In this world, we we're talking about human nature, human beings. We're not talking about robots that you can take to a back room and put a few screws. These are humans in their lives. Their mothers, their fathers, they got kids. I mean, come on, Skip. This game has changed. I mean, back in the days when someone got injured that badly, you know, 
we were talking about it early the earlier the Derek Stingleys and the the other gentleman. I'm sorry, I forgot his name, Hughes or something. That uh, Not, you know, they just, Hughes. yeah. Chuck, Chuck. Back back then, it was just so much of a man's game that it was just kind of like you brushed on from it. Yeah, there was a moment of consolation, but then you moved on from it. Now, in the in the day and age that we live in now, where everything is you know so social media driven and everything is so sensitive to everyone's individual perspectives and thoughts. This is a much bigger deal now than it was back then, you know, 30, 40 plus years ago. And it, it, it needs to be examined in that nature. And we need to look at the protocols of what the NFL is going to be moving forward when they're talking about injuries like this that happen in real fucking time. Because if someone's going to, I don't like to use the word D-I-E, but pass away on the fucking field... And you and you're not going to have any goddamn semblance to humanity, and you're going to make that all about the game and the money. Then you mm-hmm. need to go fuck yourself twice. So I mm-hmm. think that's this is this is a big changing moment for the NFL and how they're going to view and and they're they're going to uh, uh, handle things moving forward with situations like this and protocols that they put in place. Yeah, shorty. We we live in a capitalistic society, and although, and everything, circles and revolves around it. Whether you agree with our society or not, it revolves around capitalism, and they are in a business. That being said, there are times and moments that transcends that business and that idea of capitalism. That there's times when that has to go right out of the window, and you focus on the human element of what's going on to drive your capitalism and that's the entertainment business and that's that player exactly guys can can i i just want to jump in here although you and i please, have experience please do kitty god damn you should be joining us the whole no, time no, hold on I'm 20 years in the film industry very high budget high budget films to low budget although you've been in television for mm-hmm. over 30 40 years yes 40 years I, we have experienced some very tragic. I know what she's going to say. I'm going to have another drink while she's talking. I'm, very no, I'm not going to actually divulge exactly what happened, but I have seen some very horrific, mm-hmm. irresponsible calls mm-hmm. on the people in power and the studio levels mm-hmm. that were in charge that put people's lives in danger and also deaths that occurred. Mm-hmm. Yep. The fact yep. that they were still airing this i understand it's a live event and the commercials are still going on they're trying to cover it but i agree with everyone the game should have stopped when these tragedies happened on multiple movies that i was on we we stopped immediately mm-hmm. there was no question why the fuck are we going to film yeah. what kind of heartless bastard are you mm-hmm. so when i see this it also hits me to that level and seeing him drop, it hits me to what happened to my mother, you know, being resuscitated for 15 minutes. She's 80 years old. Like it just, it really messes with my head that no one has any kind of human compassion anymore. But it's like, no one wants to stop watching the NFL. No, no one here is gonna stop watching the NFL, right? Even mm-hmm. if it happened on soccer, 
they're not going to watch. They're going to stop watching it. They're going to keep watching it. Basketball, baseball, sports still continue. It's the people in charge that have to actually take ownership and say, this is a human life and we need to stop everything that we're doing right now and focus on that person. It's not a knee injury. And yeah, there's been very serious head injuries before, but nothing that I've never seen anything like this. That's why I was very conflicted when I even brought up just to see what happened to him when he fell. It was awful. So, Kitty, uh, Kitty, I, I, I want to thank, I want to thank you for interjecting there and saying all that because, you know, coming from your perspective, that you know, you, you're you're speaking from a female perspective who, basically, loves the NFL because of your husband, and, you know, sitting here watching this in real time and giving us the information before we even knew it happened, and and watching it from a compassionate female perspective, really adds to you know the humanity to it and you're a hundred thousand percent correct so thank you for uh, for jumping in and saying that it and, just and, you know sorry, go ahead. it's like the studio people there was an incident that happened in georgia where the the person in charge put a a young woman's life on the line on train tracks and we were filming there illegally and he chose to put her there. And the, we were not there. We were not supposed to be there. The train schedule was not cleared. Oh, my God. She was laying a camera down. The train and came. And you can imagine what happened next. Yeah. Yeah. And we still had memorials for her afterwards. And now they, they've been incarcerated. They've been found guilty. The producer and the director and the studio person was found guilty. But the location manager informed them that they were going to do this and then walked away and said, we do not have clearance to do this. He stood up and said, we do not have clearance to do this. But what happens? The rest of the crew feels like I'm going to lose my job if I don't show up. Right. So, you know, like there's decisions that you can make as a human right. being. You have to be the human, the, the, the human being in that situation to go, we're pulling this. I don't give a fuck what my producer says. We're pulling this camera feed. We're turning yeah. this off. Right, and then they, they scare the shit out of you by losing your job. Right. And that's sad, too, because you know what these NFL players are? They're scared. All these sports, they're scared to lose their job. They're going to show up because they were paid to do that. But when something like this happens, everyone has to take an actual moment and say, we are not supposed to be doing this right now. And, okay. And, and like a little thing, just a side note, I'll, I'll let you go, Nomad, but they, you know, years ago, when you were the first pick in the draft or you were the top five pick, you got, you know, an $80 million contract. And then they had the collective bargaining agreement and, the, and everything else. And they changed it to where if you're a first round draft pick, you get this many, you know, you, know, you got a four year contract with the five, a fifth year option. And if you're drafted in, in this section of the first round and this section, you get a different contract. And so really you're not making the money. A sixth round fucking draft pick is making nothing compared to what he should be making in the NFL. And this at, at the very least, I think this is going to cause a, a collective bargaining agreement issue that's going to be like, listen, a six-round draft pick should be paid as as much as anyone who is worth, you know, getting their life to that. Because if I'm going to give you my life for $300,000 or whatever a year, 
it might, at the very least, might make them change their decision to go. Oh, well, for two million, it's worth it. You know, because it's just to, not to put money into the situation, but it's it's kind of they've kind of degraded how they how the pay scale has gone over the years, and it, it seemed like it was a little overdone in the beginning, and then they kind of backed off and now it's underdone and i think like someone in this position who's making the amount of money he's making to put his line his life on the line like that to literally pass away after a game or during a game is just ridiculous it's it's deeper than that and i appreciate where you're coming from there's uh there's some a, a lot of validity to what you just said and to, as a matter of fact let me just add to it there's a class and levels and status aspect of this whole scenario that needs to be, you know, at least acknowledged. And really quickly, I will say that we saw how this scenario played out where, you know, it came down to the coaches and, and had having to pull guys out and say, you know what, regardless of what the NFL has to say, I'm not putting my guys back out there, right? We saw how that scenario played out. Mm -hmm. Flip the script and let's say, that happened to Tom Brady. What would that scenario have to played out like? Oh my God, it, the world would have stopped. One hundred percent. If Tom Brady got hit in the chest and they were doing fucking CPR on him on the field, you're goddamn right. Yeah. It, it would have been like. But the human life over. is a human life. That's what's sad. You I can't know. gauge it on this. What he's twenty four years old. 24 years old. Oh, but he's only a six-round pick, Kitty. But he's got a fighting chance at 24 so years old. So it's Tom Brady, but yeah. Yeah, I get it. I get it. It's just, it's just, this whole situation when I saw it and everyone's talking and, and, and everything, it's like, it's just, oh, God, so many, I've dealt with this so many times over my career. And then recently, it's like, mm, mm. Would there have been any question if that was Tom Brady, whether or not this game, that would have came out immediately. Am I not right? You're correct. 100 percent. Yeah. Uh, Aaron Rodgers. Okay. What do you want? What else do we want to say? Who else? Start naming. I just, I, if it was, if it was Aaron Rodgers, I just would have hoped it was a bear that did it to him. That's all. Status. It's all about status and where you stand <laughs> as far as your value towards the uh, bottom dot, the bottom line, and that's the dollar. Right. Yeah. Yeah, there, there is a uh, an adeptus was uh, putting this up in the chat room. There is a tweet from Ari Marov. Uh, he writes, Steve, uh, Stefan Diggs just arrived at UC Medical Center. A cop wasn't going to let him in. Diggs said, I need to be here for my teammate. He was then let in per Cole Harvey on ESPN. So wow. uh, and then. I'd like to also share Skip Bayless wrote another tweet and writes, nothing is more important than that young man's health. That was the point of my last tweet. I'm sorry if that was misunderstood, but his health is all that matters. Again, everything else is irrelevant. I pray for him and will continue to. See, that's weak, Skip. That's weak. You're backtracking, bitch. Yeah. yeah. I mean, all he should have done was, I apologize for being so insensitive. I regret my last tweet. That's what he should have said. Instead of, you know, he's basically saying, if you misunderstood it, 
Oh, the fuck? We fucking misunderstood it because you started talking about scheduling a game and how hard it was going to be and so forth. You, you weren't only concerned with the player's health. You fucking fuck moron. Skip, fuck Skip Bayless. You mopped the floor moving backwards, not moving forwards, you piece of shit. You know what he's stuck in? He's stuck in Wall Street. He thinks that he's in the movie Wall Street. He's Gordon Gecko. He acts like this giant hard ass that has zero heart. And as soon as he realizes that he fucked up, he is now backpedaling because his ass really is on the line now. And they will yeah. snatch you really quick off the air for things mm -hmm. like that. I'm never no ever going to watch the show again. You can count on that. Yeah. Has, that, has anyone noticed that Kitty has a wolf for her? I did notice that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm scared as fucking like Kitty. Fuck with her, man. I'm getting kind of turned on. <laughs> <laughs> I was my wife had you want, on. You want to do a wife swap, Aldo? <laughs> <laughs> my wife had on Twilight all day yesterday or day before yesterday. A marathon of the Twilight movies, and so I'm walking by the TV, and then she's watching some. She's getting turned on by some guy turning into a wolf. <laughs> you know, you know, the whole world is turning VR, whether we are in that arena or not. And that's her avatar. I'm scared as fuck. <laughs> like I'm, I'm very gentle and I'm very loving. But if if you hurt me or hurt anyone I love, wow. um, yeah, <laughs> she's not a kitty. She's a wolf. Yep, I have a very vicious tongue. All right, uh, boys, I'm gonna let you get back to it. I just had to say that. I had to say that. Uh, you know, I had experience with this for many years, and just want to put my two cents in because mm -hmm. you know. We can all be human beings. It's not hard. <laughs> we all have hearts. Appreciate I appreciate it. Indeed. Yeah. We love your input, Kitty. Anytime you're welcome to just please jump in. Everyone yeah, loves to hear Kitty. We need a, when she pops in, there should be like a sound effect of a wolf going. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm working on that. I've been trying to tell her <laughs> shit like that, man. Hey, hey Shorty, you hard hit the motherfucker. I've been told you that. Somebody in the chat room. It was Swifty. Swifty put up a kitty and then over Dan S. <laughs> so that Swifty put that up. So yeah. I love yeah, Swifty, man. Cool. Good job. <laughs> she Trump. She trumps you, motherfucker. <laughs> I love it. I love it. You know, well, uh, I keep, I, Eldo, I keep wanting to call you a fucking nomad, but uh, earlier earlier in the show, because I'm, I'm not used to, used to talking to you on Monday nights, this is fucking amazing. So, uh, Eldo, earlier in the show, you were talking about your love for the Bears and uh, how you always just wanted them to win and blah, blah, blah. You were going on the super fan thing. And I want to pull up something here for you. It's going to, it might take me a second because I'm a little bit behind and I didn't have it ready for you. Sure. Uh, so let me, uh, yeah. And okay. while you're pulling that up, I'll, I'll say this, you know, I, the second season I started following the bears, they finished one in 13. And so I'm used to all the pain. The pain came early uh -huh. and me, you know, stupid nine-year-old kid, I'm crying of, of a team that I just started following a year earlier. <laughs> one in 13, they play, they're awful. They're awful. And uh, I, I've been indoctrinated ever since, you know. And when 85 finally came along and they won a Super Bowl, it was uh, one of the biggest moments in my life. Anyway, go ahead. Eight, 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 85 is when I became a fan. 
and I was 10 years old. Okay. And uh, so I made a little, I've been working on some parody song fun stuff. And so okay. when you were talking earlier about uh, your, your diehard love for the Bears, I wanted to just have this ready and just play it for you. But then the conversation went on and then we, we went back into the what's going on and current sure. events. But I, I just want to play this just kind of lighten up the mood because there are 47 people still here hanging out with us. <laughs> so, Aldo, this is my tribute to you as you as the uh, the super the super fan. I want to know if you kind of feel the same way as me here. Let's see if this cool. works. Where is it not playing? Why is it not yeah, playing? Yeah, it's not. It's not. Well, oh, your audio is all the way down. See, you, you just uh, your audio We're is just, muted. Oh, there we go. Wait. And then play from the beginning. There you go. Okay, there you go. Let, let me move it back. Okay, this is just for you, buddy. All righty. And still can't hear it. Do you hear it over there? You can't hear that. No. Take it Do you hear it, Nomad? Take you it can't fucking no. wait. You can't hear that. I don't hear shit. What the fuck happened? This used to work. I don't know what's going on right now. You gave well, some advice to Kitty, and I I don't know what. Let's see. Uh, well, that's uh, not that's not from YouTube or anything like that, right? When when no, you go no. when you share. No, okay, so when you share your screen, like uh uh. A window. No, when you're showing sharing a Chrome tab, there is a button all the way in the left bottom that you check that says share tab audio. Maybe that's why it's not working. No, this is an actual MP4 that I made. On your hard drive. Okay. Yeah, it's 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 an actual MP4. It's right here. It's an MP4. Hmm. Yeah, so there must know. just be some kind of because I've never had a problem before where I didn't have any audio. Mm -hmm. Not okay. Oh, that okay, fucking guys. sucks. Jesus Christ. We're entertaining the audience now. Let's get back to that. <laughs> I'm, trying to, I'm, trying to I'm trying to entertain the audience. It's not working. <laughs> yeah. audio. There Sorry. are uh, tons of Bengals fans are showing up at UC Medical Center to show support, support for DeMar Hamlin, according to Marshall Kramsky, the Emmy Award winning reporter from the Associated Press. Okay, Bear Truth so more, Nine has, more news has, has a question for all of us, I guess. Yeah. What's up, Bear Truth? Shoot. BT Nine, my man. I thought Bear Truth Nine was a cop, and I got I misunderstood him with somebody else uh, in the uh, barroom nation. I think it's probably PJ, uh, who is a police officer. And I, for some reason, I got you guys confused, but. BT9 is probably typing up his question now, and here it is. What do you think of what Chase Claypool? What do you guys think of Chase Claypool? What's your belief and thoughts on him? I'm going to go last. I'll let you go first, Aldo. Okay. I believe that Chase Claypool can revert back to the player we saw in his first two seasons with the Pittsburgh Steelers. He just needs this offseason to get ready. I have no doubt in my mind that he is going to be, at minimum, a 60-catch wide receiver for this team and be a playmaker. Is he a number one, like perhaps Ryan Post was hoping he was getting in that trade? I don't think so. 
I think he and Darnell Mooney can be 1A and 1B, but truly what this team needs is, is a true explosive wide receiver that would elevate the play of both Claypool and Mooney. But to answer your question, I do think that Chase Claypool is going to be all right. Uh, is he going to be a superstar? No, but I, I do have a strong belief that he's going to be okay. I have a follow-up question to, uh, question to you. Uh, so do you think if we end up with the first pick in the draft, which essentially would give us the 32nd pick in the draft, which would be the final pick in the first round of any normal draft because of the Miami forfeiture, mm-hmm. that he's worth that? No. Um and I heard you talking about this topic earlier in the show. Yeah, I think, you know, it's, it was a steep price to, to uh, pay. But Ryan Poles found himself, from reports that I've read, found himself in a bidding uh, war for Chase Claypool. The Green Bay Packers, who at the time had a very similar record to the Chicago Bears, but the Bears uh, had one or two more losses beyond them. But the, the, uh, they they made a similar offers offer their second round pick, and the uh, Steelers went with the Bears because they were forecasting that it was going to be a higher pick than than the Steelers. I mean, excuse me, than um, the Packers, and rightfully so, they were right to do that. But is it too much to pay? Yes, it is. Sometimes you have to pay that for a quality player, and unfortunately, that's the the situation the Bears are in because they're so depleted of talent. No man. Here's here's a bare truth. Here's a here's a, a small list of things to note before you run to uh rush to judgment about Chase Claypool. Timing. When was he uh brought to the franchise? Week five, week six, something like that, yeah. Yeah, you know, uh early part of the season, well semi-early part of the season somewhere towards mid-season i thought what was it what week was it it was i want to guess it was week seven i mean it was right before the trade deadline so the trade deadline was in uh early november it was wasn't he he was in the game that we were at the dolphins game wasn't he yeah that's right that was his first game i'll be a little i'll round it off a little bit and say somewhere towards the towards mid-season the timing of it and i think and I think it was uh, polls looking ahead and trying to, you know, get ahead of something before free agency and being desperate when you come into free agency when it comes to receivers. Get this guy now. Do what you can. Game nine, that's, by the way. That's one thing. Two is seeing if if he could fit with the, with the core guys that you have. Seeing if he could uh, – and digest this offense and how quickly can you acclimate him to what what's going on out there mm-hmm. another thing to uh, consider is the injuries and what's that what that has taken away from him to be him being able to get rapport with Justin on the field that you have to be out there from Monday through Saturday in order to get rapport with the quarterback for that week and that game plan there, Justin gave you a nugget in his press conference saying that, hey, he basically told you, hey, we, we didn't get him on the field until Wednesday. We didn't get him in walkthroughs. We didn't get him in early parts of the install. He came in on Wednesday or Thursday. Might have been Thursday when he had his first full practice. I don't even think he had a full practice then. 
you know, because all week it said he was having limited practices. And that tells mm -hmm. me that he's not running full routes in practice. So that's, you know, all of the, uh, you know, the, and I'm not going to sit here and make a whole bunch of excuses for anybody, but all the, all the questioning whether Chase Claypool is a guy or not, that's silly to me. He hasn't had the time, nor the reps, nor the balls thrown in his vicinity for people to jump to so many conclusions and be so hyperbolic about it. I think people just need something to complain about, and that's an easy target. Can I ask you a follow-up follow question, too, sure, Trevor? Uh, what do you think about him blowing up in the game and Justin Fields having to come common down on the sideline? What, Is that something what, what good receiver worth his salt and his stink in the world, <laughs> his fucking stink in the world has not had that moment? Right. Mm -hmm. I, I, I posted a video yesterday where I swore and said, Justin Fields, get rid of the fucking ball. And, you know, I was feeling what Chase Claypool was feeling there. You know, I'm wide open. There's nobody open deep. You've been holding the ball for five, six seconds. Get it to me. I'll pick up four. Maybe I'll break a tackle, pick up a first down. Instead, Justin gets sacked. Instead of it being second and at least six, uh, it was second down and uh, 17 because he lost seven yards on that. So it's it's natural for just like we fans get upset with our quarterback or when our receivers drop a pass and so forth, for, for us to not uh, – condone or excuse me uh for not to not to blame we shouldn't be blaming chase clay claypool for getting emotional about getting the ball into his hands so i'm cool with it it appears it appears to me that they're starving him for a reason and and i'm i can be really deep into the weeds right now by saying hey they know what they're doing by not focusing on him and not targeting him right now to see how he might react who knows i don't know i'm not in that locker room but I can tell you this, it's not important what you saw on the sidelines or, or in that instance. What's important is what happened after that in regards to your team. Did they get their, their arms around it? Did Justin, did the coaches get their arms around Chase and say, hey, man, we love you, dude. You're going to ball out here. But, hey, don't, don't, do that, don't do that on the sidelines. Don't let the media and people in the stands, don't give them fucking uh, fuel for their fire. Let's deal with that in the locker room. If you if you're gonna blow up, blow up on me in the locker room. What happened mm -hmm. after that is more important. Right. Than what you saw on the sidelines. That's I, I was gonna have a follow up question to you, Aldo, which was, do you think that it resonated? But what you're saying there, Nomad, kind of adds precedent to that. Do you think, Aldo, that that resonated to him, where he's like, oh, okay, maybe that's the reason why I got traded, and I'm here, and I'm being. Uh, coached by my, you know, he, he only had one good year in Pittsburgh with Ben, right? And then yep. he got traded to us. Uh, now he's here with a young quarterback who's trying to uh, form his identity on the team and develop the um, the leadership role, right? And so he's coming to him on the sideline and saying this, this and that to him. Do you think that that's something, Aldo, that um, – He's going to take into account and go into the future and really go, oh, I'm 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 working with a different guy now. This guy is going to help me to like become more zen. You think that could help him? Yeah, I do, and I, I'm with Cliff. He says I like Claypool getting upset and Justin going to talk to him on the sideline. I think that's a great 
way for uh, teammates to work stuff out. I, I, I think that Claypool is going to have a better relationship with Justin because of this, you know, and uh, again, you know, we all get upset when competitive situations, even when we're fans, we all get upset. Uh, it's more important, of course, for the players and the sideline to keep their cool, but you can depend on it that on any given NFL game on a Sunday afternoon, there's going to be multiple times on that sideline where players are yelling at one another, telling the telling people to get their shit together uh, and saying it in no polite way. That's, that's, that's the game. That's, you know, it's an emergency situation. You know, Greg Gabriel hates it when I use military terms, you know, that they want a bad one. He says, no, you know, that's, that's for our military. But in an essence, that's really what it is that, you know, it's, it's a very, very, um, it, it really does feel like a military operation and you're fighting for your and playing for your brothers, man. Like you said, like uh, last last week, Nomad. I think it was on uh, Dan and Eldo when we were on the show uh, that we were talking about uh, Cairo Santos, and you were like, "Ah, oh, we would have kicked this fucking ass in the locker room, right?" <laughs> hey, Shorty. All seriousness, that it's a measure. It's a measurement of the team. When I when I say, I know it sounds cliche as shit, right? But hundred percent, yeah. What happens in that locker room? with the leadership and the guys in that locker room, when you have situations like that, I, I can remember them in college. I wasn't always the emotional guy that everybody, it's about how many guys wrap their arms around him and keep him in the fold and say, we're not going to let this get out of hand. We got you, dude. We know right. you're going to ball out here. You are dog. But right mm-hmm. now you're going to have to listen to us. This You with us now. And we're right. a team. We do shit together. And you right. keep hearing Day after day, these guys step up to that podium and tell you, and they keep the reporters keep asking them, how do you guys not feel, you know, just dejected about everything that's going on because they're tight. They're tight. You become, you become part of the sorority, if you will. They're tight. Better words, right? These guys are tight, and they handle their own. Anything going on in that locker room, I guarantee you it's a structure there to deal with. Mm-hmm. I got an update on the Hamlin situation. Uh, this, according to Cole Harvey of ESPN, let me make sure. Uh, yeah, he is the ESPN national reporter for Sports Center. He says he just spoke to a representative from the University of Cincinnati Medical Center, who says the hospital will not is not anticipating giving an update tonight on Demar Hamlin's status. So um, that's not good. Well, you know, it, it could be, it could be because it's late at night and they just want to work it, on him overnight. It could be, it could be family oriented. They're like it's a quarter to quarter eleven, man. That's not good, bro. Yeah. Well, the know. family could be saying, "Let's put a kibosh to this for the evening, and this, you know, let every we'll, we'll revisit in the morning." The family has the control over the decision that goes out to the public. Yeah. You know. So. We probably we in, in other words, we I think we were kind of subconsciously waiting on an update from the hospital before mm-hmm. pulling the plug on this show. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, man, I hate to hear that, man. If yeah. that, that must be, he must be in some pretty touch and go situations in there for them not to have updated people by this point. Well, yeah, I, I'm I'm sure we're we're gonna have the uh, the updates on tomorrow's show on uh, Dan and Eldo for sure. Mm-hmm. You guys will be updating on this. I'm, I guarantee it. 
We will. And then uh, Greg Gabriel was supposed to be on today, but we postponed till tomorrow so we could get the stench out of yesterday's loss to the Lions out of our breath. Good for him. And, and uh, so we, we'll be on at 1 o'clock, uh, and so hopefully we'll be re reporting some good news, uh, and then we'll talk further about it tomorrow night on our 7 p.m. show. But I just want to say, you know, that um, Scott Van Pelt, who is the host of Sports Center, he tweeted out or someone tweeted out on his behalf that it's a good thing for us to be expressing our feelings about this uh, tonight. And so uh, I'm so happy that you guys, Nomad, you and Mr. Shorty and Kitty uh, had this show on tonight to discuss this and that you guys were able to adjust accordingly and, and treat this subject with the respect that it's due and with the prayers and good vibes and hopes that we've been sharing personally and from people in the chat. You know, this is good. And I'm glad to hear you know, getting the uh, professional advice from Adeptus on what some of this could mean has been invaluable and listening to other people in the chat share their uh, their heartfelt thoughts and stuff. It's important. It's important to all of us. And so uh, kudos to you, Dan, and, and Nomad for leading the way with this. Um, I just uh, first off, Thank you to everyone in chat because you have been um, just all so kind of grieving with us and talking us kind of through this. You know, you've helped the show in so many ways that you don't know. And, you know, Adeptus, with your uh, information, having firsthand experience to it, it's, it's, it's amazing. It's been much appreciated to us on the Barroom and Bears Country. And, um, uh, you know, Aldo, thank you so fucking much for hopping in tonight. And who would have known it would have become such a crazy show, um, you know, leading into that. And uh, there were, there's no one better to have uh, talked to about this on the Barroom Network than with you, my, my podfather friend. So um, <laughs> thank, you. thank you so much for joining us tonight. It's been, it's been a great talking to you. You are the podfather, my friend, and we all love you. Everyone here, the reason why there's still 45 fucking people sitting here after three, almost four hours of a, of a podcast is because of you, my friend. It's because of you. This is your channel. This is your fucking, you're kicking some ass. We all love you, Aldo. And so thank you for hopping in with us tonight. And uh, we, we all know there's a lot of special things that come on the barroom. And uh, that's for later in the day. No, man, I'm going to leave this off to you. All right, I'm going to give you some practice for the next show tomorrow. Both of you motherfuckers, sit the fuck down. Shut up. <laughs> but, uh, no, seriously, man. I, I appreciate being on the, on the air with you guys. I having, having you two guys here and being pliable enough to, like Aldo said, be, being able to adjust to the circumstance. That was gold. It's money. And you guys in the chat, man, I love you motherfuckers, man. To no ends. I mean, you guys wouldn't give up. You stayed in here with us. You gave us updates. You gave us your points of view. I mean, dude, you guys are great, man. I love it. And and, and if it wasn't for you guys in the chat, there is no fucking reason to keep doing this at all. Absolutely not. Nope. And at by all. the way, I think that we should all three of us acknowledge a very big thank you to Kitty 
for not only producing this show so well tonight, you've done an amazing job, my dear, but for also like putting in the information that we are all not even aware of and, you know, kind of bringing all of us to the perspective of what happened tonight and uh, adding your own perspective to it. You've been wonderful, my dear. I love you. And thank you for doing that. Mm -hmm. Indeed. I guess she's not going to jump in and say thank you. So I guess with that, we should just wrap up this fucking show. What do you guys think? I think that's a good idea. And uh, prayers, of, of course, to the Hamlin family and to Damar Hamlin. And uh, we'll all see you soon. Hey, yeah. save, save the normal outro, man. Let's just get, give prayers to Damar Hamlin and hope he make it through this just for tonight, man. I'm sorry, but I, I do give my prayers to Damar Hamlin and everything else, but I have to end the show on a Bears. So, ready, guys? One, two, three. Bears! Not Bears. <laughs> oh, I fucked it up. <laughs> <laughs>